There's no spoon. Many men have wasted their lives in the foolish pursuit of Hamanapcha. Most have never returned. I think you found something. I call it the doorway to hell. Unleash the creature that we have feared for more than 3,000 years. Is the bringer of death. He will never stop. This summer, Universal Pictures invites you on an extraordinary adventure. Beyond life and time. Welcome to another episode of Quantum Recast. I'm your host, Corey, and with me as always is Nick and Tanner. Hello. Hello. And Jesse doing whatever he does behind the scenes. You Hello. Just, <laughs> Mysterious things. I think he just online games until we screw up. So, um, all right. Uh, first of all, a little house cleaning. If you don't follow us on social media, you totally should, especially you Instagram, should. where we like ask you questions all the time and we get your cast takes and we ask your favorite films of certain years and we just want Mm -hmm. your feedback. This is where we invite you into the podcast. Um, Fan interaction. And so, yeah, we're, 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 we're available on all major social media platforms, I believe. And so you can can choose your poison there and, 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 and get down with us. Um, and then, uh, if you've clicked on this episode and uh, you know that this uh, Nick has tasked us with uh, taking 1999's The Mummy to 2020. That's right. And if right. This, is, this is your first time listening, that's what we do here. We take a film and we uproot it out of its original release year. We take it forwards or backwards in time and drop it in a new release year. And then we recast it with actors relevant to their new release year. And Nick is taking a movie to the dry well that is 2020. <laughs> That's right. We're going free agency season, boys. We're going to just have the lot of the land, lay of the land, whatever you want to say. It's like imagining an NBA season in a year where they were all on strike. It's like, exactly. <laughs> it's like nobody was doing anything, so we can be as theoretical as we want here. But before we dive in to The Mummy and the year 2020, Guys, what have you been watching this week? Tanner, let's start with you, my friend. You bet. Okay, the thing that I wanted to talk about, um, the thing that I started that just came out on Hulu is Reservation Dogs. Oh, yeah, how's that? 
I, I've only watched the first episode. I think there's only two out right now. My um, understanding is that it, it, it is a show based in Oklahoma about uh, Native Americans living on a reservation, right? Yeah, it's about four kids who live on a reservation. And they are, in the first episode, they are um, like thieves. They're criminals who are like yeah. stealing stuff to like get by and to just survive like really on the reservation. Um, mm-hmm. And it's the story about them surviving on the reservation. And um, it's very fun. It's very funny. The like the um, all of the kids, they're all teenagers. They're all actually really good. Um, it's very fun. I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, nice. It's very fun. And it's just like there's a lot of, I think, perspective that a lot of people don't recognize about a reservation where it's like there's a ton of like rundown buildings and it's very like almost slummy you know what i mean yeah it's just cool to see a show that is about oklahoma and a reservation where it's like people don't imagine that as like a real place to me you know what i mean yeah yeah it's kind of it's kind of brushed under the rug a bit yeah so i think that's really cool cool. and they all do great jesse my man have you done have you watched anything uh, I have. Um, I have watched a uh, a show called Seize the Memes. Okay. Um, that sounds like a game. It is it's not. Um, it's not on any, I guess, normal streaming platform. It's on a platform called Means TV. Um, what that what is. What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, it's an independent <laughs> streaming service that is, uh, it's an anti-capitalist streaming service. So nice. it's all work. It's all worker owned. Uh, so all of the um, filmmakers get a profit of the website as well as the movies that they put on. Hmm. Um, it's hmm. it's really cool. Um, but sees the memes. What it is is there's a um, literally a guy on Instagram called uh, Teenage Stepdad. He just <laughs> makes memes. Um, Great. Each episode is about how to create memes as well as how to use them to promote messages that you want to get out. Um, how easy it is to get access to these programs to do this and how good art can be to spread your messages. Okay. Um, and also it's just hilarious. Hmm. Check that out. Um, and if you want to look into means TV, um, they do, I, th- I think it's like $10 a month, but if you can't afford $10 a month, you can message them and they have like a sliding scale of like what you're able to pay, you can basically just tell them how much you're willing to pay and they'll just let you, um, from my understanding. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah, that is interesting. It is interesting. It's very cool. Jesse's like cruising around the dark web or something. Pretty much. (laughs) Experimental streaming services. (laughs) All right, that's cool. That's cool. I, I can respect that. All right. The new thing I watched was the new Suicide Squad, and um, okay. it was in, it was enjoyable. I'll just say nice. that it was. Enjoyable. I haven't got to watch it yet. Yeah, I think there might be. I think James Gunn might have mental issues, but other than that, like it's a fun movie. You know. Okay. All right. So, okay. Uh, I, I I enjoyed it, and I I I really like. I forget his name. It's an interesting name. The guy that plays Polka Dot Man. I really yeah. hope this leads to him doing more, bigger things. Because he's a he's yeah, just a lot he of fun. was, yeah, he was in uh, Dark Knight as well as one of the Joker's henchmen. 
Yeah, yeah. And so. then I think he just recently hosted the horror movie award show last year. So he's 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 awesome. I just like that he's getting more out there. And yeah, I'd like to definitely. see him in more. And then the dark horse of the movie is Sylvester Stallone as the shark okay. guy. That that's, makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. It's a yeah. lot of fun. James Gunn knows how to take a, a giant version of a thing and give it a voice that people resonate with. So, yeah. And then, and then, Groot, honestly, Groot I have to say, shark. like, I'm, I'm seriously impressed with John Cena in this. I, I do think he might have finally broken through the ceiling of he's a pro wrestler into like he might actually get, he might be on J- Dwayne Johnson's like coattails at this point. No, nice. uh, that's great. Yeah, I saw, like, that's the thing that I keep seeing about the film is everyone's, like, in love with, A, John Cena, and then just Idris Elba and John Cena's chemistry on screen together. Awesome. Oh, it's stupid good. Like, I would watch a, 10 movies with them together in it. Nick, nice. hit us with what you watched. So, I didn't really, I, I had a busy week with, with film filming stuff for work, but I was able to slip in uh, most of the Mummy franchise. Uh, Sans the Scorpion King. I uh, rewatched Which is how many movies, Nick? That is three of the original trilogy, not including the Scorpion King prequel. And then I also watched the remake in 2018 or 19, the the one the Tom Cruise led one. So, so I did a little deep dive into the Mummy franchise this week. So the Mummy is an interesting franchise in the sense that it had every chance to be like the Pirates of the Caribbean, like the swashbuckling adventure mm-hmm. thing, and it and it had a fun flavor to it in the sense that it was aware, a little self aware, a little campy, and not afraid to show those characteristics. But it's like they they didn't really know how to make it uh like the next Indiana Jones completely. Like they were trying to make it a little too Star Wars of the second one by trying to make like everyone like chosen one material and stuff like that. Mm. And then the third one is almost an afterthought because like only two members of the original cast are back with uh Brendan Fraser and the brother played by John Hanna. Because they don't even get Rachel Weiss for the role because she was busy either she was busy doing something else or she just didn't like the script, which is fair because it's kind of uh, forgettable for the most part it has yeah. some great uh actors in it but it's just it just feels so separate from the rest of the trilogy so so i think the time is right especially with brendan fraser coming back on the scene this year and yeah we're getting the uh renaissance yeah. back if you will so so yeah, oh, that was good. Renaissance. You usually stumble in trying to put Renaissance to someone's name, and you I just really do. Yeah, I just I did. That's yeah. a one in ten chance right there. Wow. Yeah, that was that not was even great. gonna not even gonna recognize that I said it last episode. <laughs> oh, just you said Renaissance. Right I thought we said Fraser Sance. <laughs> I tried Fraser Sance, and then Tanner and then and then I me. said Renaissance. And then everyone was like, mm, mm, "Oh, mm, mm, okay. Mm, mm. We'll say." I, that I probably for next just time. started thinking about how great of a show Frasier is, and yeah. probably didn't hear you. They're say bringing Frasier back. They are Kelsey they are. Grammer. Yeah, they they're are. Re- they're rebooting Frasier. Oh so, my god! Yeah, um, they are. I'm, of course, they I'm are. pumped. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, then we need to do the useless critic stats on the Mummy. So, Tanner, what did the critics think about the Mummy? The critics hated it. So they didn't, <laughs> they, didn't <laughs> they didn't hate it. 
IMDb has it at a 7.0 out of 10. Okay. Metascore. Oh, that's good. Hated it. Oh. Uh, 48 oh. out of 100. Oh. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the critics score the tomato meter. Not great at a 61%. What? The audience liking it better than anything else on the list at a 75% audience score. I loved this. What I found is a quote. This is critic consensus of the movie. It's difficult to make a persuasive argument for The Mummy as any kind of meaningful cinematic achievement, but it's undeniably fun to watch. Just like, yeah, that's okay. pretty yeah. solid. Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty great. much it. Yeah. I accept that. I accept yeah. that. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, they didn't. It's not a lie. Right. Okay. How many stars do you guys think Roger Ebert gave it? Two. Jesse says Jesse's, two. Jesse's got two. Corey says two. I'm gonna I'm gonna say three. I'm gonna go three. Okay. Gonna be- okay. Fine. For, just 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 for fun, I'll do one and a half. Ding ding ding. Nick got it. Three stars. Yeah. Okay. The I, so I read his I read his whole uh, his whole thing, and the bit that made me laugh really hard, or that I guess I liked the most was, look, art it isn't. Great trash. It isn't good trash. It is. <laughs> it's not quite up there with Anaconda, but it's as much fun as Congo and the Relic. Uh, and it's better than Species. If those four titles are not intimately familiar to you, the mummy not, might not be the place to start. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. So it's it's less than the giant snake Jennifer Lopez movie. <laughs> It's not In terms quite of there. Yeah. Yes, but it's like, not quite it's there. It's better than like species. The alien who like has sex with people, sexes to get everyone pregnant. to death. Yeah, it's better than yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh wow! It's somewhere right in, in the middle between great. the two. Apparently, Corey is an avid fan of Congo. So yeah, Congo is better than Jurassic Park. It needs to be said. Hot take. I've said it. Hot take. <laughs> it's, now, it's now on record. So, um. All right. Yeah, that is That's for sure a hot Ebert. take. That was, I've never that seen was gold. Congo. Oh, it's great. It's great. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so, wow, that was that's maybe my favorite Ebert quote so far. Okay, man, <laughs> he's winning me over. He is winning me over. Um, so, Nick, you want to bring this to 2020, mainly because 2020 needs to be spiced up a little bit. and uh, Get a little so spice all- in this life, a little joy. In our lives while we're all cocooned in our apartments and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I guess, first of all, Jesse, have you seen this? Absolutely. Love this film. Absolutely love it. Uh, I think I like the Brilliant. second one more. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. All right. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. So I I rewatched this last year, but then I just rewatched it this week. Um, I had... Okay, does anyone else, when they watch this, think that this is just essentially an animated Disney film they filmed with real people? Yeah, it's great. Because if it's you just like, animated this whole movie, you wouldn't have to change a dang thing about it. Like, nope. it would just be a Disney movie, animated film. It's almost yeah. surprising that it isn't a Disney movie. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's why Pirates became what it became, and The Mummy was was never really it never really took off after the second one. Like they kept trying, let's make the third, let's make Scorpion King. Let's make the third one. It, it did. Okay. It did well, 
but it never yeah. became it never really peaked it never went beyond the first one in terms of popularity yeah. and stuff i think i just feel like it's just voice acting like throughout it's just really good voice acting the whole time everyone's yeah. just got really great accents and they're really selling it to the back row the whole movie yeah mm-hmm. so i just every time when i was watching this i was like i think i'd enjoy this more if it was animated hmm. that's all that's my point i think okay. i think okay. they really play it very animated like all of their movements are all big and like all of their like expressions to each other are very over the top so i can definitely yeah. see it being like an animated style mm-hmm. um which would be fun but i was gonna say and i wonder if the reason it never took off after the second one is because if i again if i remember correctly the second one has so much more cgi that is yes terrible so- so, okay, okay. it has more CGI, but it it's it's really the Scorpion King. It's the rock at the end that really ruins it. Because the first yeah. one, it's fine. It, it's 99 CGI that isn't it uh, holds Star up. Wars it or Lord of the up. Rings. Yeah, it holds up okay. The, and even leading into the movie, they're smart enough to go, we and, it, and it's improved enough, but they're also still going, we're still going to put Emotep, get him into his flesh form, regular yeah. human form, but but we'll still like have him wear like the mask thing that he wears sometimes. But it it really is that that Scorpion King. I think that just ruined it, and everybody just made everybody kind of laugh laugh the movie out of the theater. So right, and we were all laughing because we're like, Dwayne Johnson can't act. <laughs> right, <laughs> he'll never make it in this business. Get him out of here. But I think there's a lot of good choices made in that second movie. But there's followed by. For every good, great choice, story choice or beat or something, there's a couple of choices that are meh to, oh, why do they do that? Why do they do that? So, but it's still an enjoyable film. I think, I, if I remember correctly, even Scorpion King, the prequel, is an enjoyable film. Um, the subpar one's really the third one, which is sad because you have Jet Li and a lot of great uh, Asian actors in there. So. I also I also think the second the, the I think the second Mummy Scorpion King I think that's what ruined the main event of WrestleMania 19 because I think that's just all Jerry Lawler talks about the whole match, oh, <laughs> so that's also going to turn people off. I think to the yeah. point Jr. told him to shut up about it. So, you know, <laughs> oh that's great. And so if you're a wrestling fan, you're like screw this movie, and so it just never it wasn't meant to be, you know. Yeah. All now, right, to guys. be fair, the Scorpion King did make a lot of money. Like it's opening I mean, I weekend. I believe it. Well, yeah, because the first um, one was great. <laughs> you know, I need to see that though. Like, how much was this? This movie was successful, right? Budget of eighty million, made a worldwide gross of four hundred and fifteen million. Yeah, okay. yeah. It opened those is like opening weekend was uh four hundred or no, not four hundred forty six point three million. So it gained like half of its budget in the first weekend, and then like I think within the All year right, it was one hundred and fifty five okay. million. And then worldwide, almost half a billion dollars. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Made more money than pretty much the entire box office of 2020. I can tell you that, but we'll get to that in a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, we'll so, see. Uh, we? <laughs> we have questions about the movie The Mummy. We One do. of you asked, why does The Mummy bring the plagues of the Hebrew God? Yeah, I just it was an interesting question because it's like, this is supposed to be an Egyptian uh, sorcerer who gets cursed, yeah. but the Egyptians curse him with the ability to bring back the 
plagues that God from the Bible, the Christian Bible, set upon Egypt. So what's up with that? Well, I think that is, I mean, I don't know anything about Egyptian uh, religious, like anything like that. But I mean, like, just because the Hebrew, like, uh, or the Egyptian um, plagues, you know, the 10 plagues, like, happened in Egypt. And that is a, for Americans, the recognizable thing for Egypt, right? It's like, for a fact, if you did whatever there was in Egyptology, like, religious, like, religion, we'd be like, what the fuck is it? What are we talking about? Like, I don't under, that's not important to me. That's not. I don't. So I guess. Yeah, I guess it's just that. their way. Yeah, their way of like tying it to American audiences is going. Hey, you know these plagues because it's every time something happens, it's uh, John Hanna's character Jonathan is is quoting the Bible, saying, "And the rivers ran with red with blood and stuff." Like right. That. So it's just a weird, a logic thing I had where I was like, "Why is he using that?" But anyway. Yeah, I would just assume it's because the that book of the Bible takes place in Egypt. And yeah. that's as much math as they put into it. I, it's just weird because like the actual book, you know, surrounding Moses and the plagues that would have taken place like 1400, like, I mean, like 13th century BC in the events of like the mummy, even with Hemotep would have been like just 3000 years ago. So like mm-hmm. it's way off in terms of history. So it's a good question, you know. Yeah. But I think all yeah, the math yeah. is is like this happened in Egypt, so mummies and plagues. I think yeah, people about will recognize just... Egypt. Yeah, so I think that's as much math probably got put into it. Um, I like this question: Why do the magi or magi insist on not using modern weaponry to protect the apocalypse level monster that they're protecting? <laughs> so... Why do they insist on using it, or why do they no, not why, use it? No, well, like, like, why are they just using swords when everyone else has guns? Got it. Okay, yeah. And they're like, well, this monster will destroy the world if it, if it is awoken. Um, hey, boss, you know that, like, guns are a thing, and, like, people are going to come with guns, and they're like, no. We're going to get them with swords, though. It's like, okay, but we should really update, you know, our security. They're like, no, no, no. Change is bad. So, Tanner, you're saying that, like, there should have been a scene where Ardeth is arguing with, like, the guy who reveals himself to be in charge, like, saying, like, dude, they have guns. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't even think it needed to be expressed. I I just think someone there should have had a gun. Like, because they, what, however many years before Imhotep is released, they're watching two armies face against each other. They're like, they're witnessing mass slaughter from guns. And they're like, they'll never stick around. We'll stick with our swords. These, like, these, these guns are, are, are just a fad right now. They'll just never a stick passing around. fad. So at most, he should have at least looked at somebody and said, they should have looked at the armies and said, we should get some of those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, huh. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a very, very very least they should have had like a couple of guys with guns to defend this monster that will destroy the fucking world like i don't know it just baffles me yeah it seems like they could have like gone down there just grabbed a little bit of that gold they're sitting on and bought weapons like modern weapons i I get what you're saying 
Yeah. Like, we're just going to borrow a little bit of this treasure, buy some guns so we can protect the world from the mummy. Got it. Right. Um, And then we all kind of wondered to ourselves, the American cowboy group that's also looking um, kind of the rival to Brendan Fraser and company, they're just kind of too gosh darn handsome. It's almost distracting. Were we thinking it to ourselves or were you thinking it to yourself? I thought it. I thought it. For sure. But I thought you guys kind of agreed, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, when when you made, when you asked the question, I sat there and went, you're you're right. You're right. They're they're a bunch of good looking dudes. I think that, and I I think my response was that they're all the rejects uh, that applied or auditioned to be uh, Rick O'Connell. Yeah. Yeah. I just, one of them looks like Superman. One of them looks like yeah. Kurt Russell, and the other guy is just looks like he could kill a bear with his bare hands. And I'm just like, I'm kind of rooting for these guys. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that was just my thought. I was like, they're not unlikable. They're not unlikable guys. Like I think that's the fun part of the first half of the movie is this chase, this race to to Hamanapcha uh, to get to the to the book and and a potential mummy is that you've got these two groups and they've got likable characters on both sides. Um, the, I think the Cowboys are the most likable part of the of the other team that isn't Rick mm-hmm. and Evelyn and, and Jonathan. Yeah, but even Benny is is as as much of a as much of a uh problem as he is. Like he yeah. he's still an enjoyable character. Like Okay, and so here's my last question. Here's the last question we have about the mummy. Because this kind of turns into a slasher film for about 15 minutes because the mummy is now, like, taking out the American rival group that stole his jars. Um, And he's (laughs) stealing pieces of them to, like, flush out his body. Yeah. He he stole that the, the Superman guy's eyes, and he has bad eyesight. So wouldn't he, theoretically, shouldn't he have bad eyes? Like, shouldn't he, like, be able to not see? I I I thought this too. I was like, you picked the wrong guy to steal the eyes from. And it's funny too, because watching it, like his glasses are super thin. He does not have bad eyesight glasses. Like his, yeah. his glasses do not show that he has bad eyesight. But it's like the dude's blind without them. It's like because <laughs> they do the POV thing, and it's right. like it's like fog. <laughs> yeah, it's like you shouldn't even be able to see that this is a woman in front of you when you see Evie. Maybe that's why like, he calls uh, Evie a Noxura Moon. Maybe he's like, uh, "Is that you? Is that is, is a woman?" <laughs> the whole movie's just a misunderstanding because the mummy can't see <laughs> right the whole time. <laughs> I just you I kind of wanted a scene where the mummy is like going, oh, gosh, I need someone else's eyes. This is bad. Like yeah. and we just for he one just, scene, he wears glasses. Now, to be fair, he that does guy. absorb the other guys completely, pretty much, and turns them into hollow husks. So yeah. maybe he's it's it's all he's getting the best eyes, an amalgamation of their eyes. And then he figured out they're bad and he just took someone else's. Yeah. And then just to 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 drag on to this so is this emotep just like the bald look because he left that one dude's gorgeous mane of hair on the dead body like why not just take that hair <laughs> it's like, a style choice like so yeah. you just think he's like just preferred Male bald. pattern baldness is a real thing Corey, and it's not talked about enough it's a real struggle out there people need to know about it and i'm sick of it being swept under the rug all right I have Nick, a huge forehead, saying? and if I could take Tanner's hair, I would, but I can't. That's fair, Don. So you I'm just, just saying, have to become a mummy. 
We'll spend about 3,000 years in a thing, get cursed, and then you could uh-huh. let Tanner steal the organs of your dead lover, and yeah. then uh, then you're good. Okay, well, I, Tanner, I'd come for you. It's hair. not the most convoluted oh. way Corey has gotten a love interest. Like, I've heard about his Skyrim tales, so. Yeah, it's true. I have not. I am, I am romantically uh. complex, so. <laughs> I married a girl who doesn't speak my language, so. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. All right. That's our questions about the mummy. Nick, give me some junk drawer facts on the mummy. Okay. So we've been doing a lot of like theme things with the junk drawer drawer facts. So I'm going to keep that going. So uh, we'll talk about character stuff and casting choices when we get to characters. But here, I'm just going to talk about shooting this movie. So mm-hmm. Steven Summers, the director, he's he was a fan of the very original Mummy in 1932. He said it was one movie that scared him as a kid. He was only eight when he saw it. He wanted to recreate the things he liked about it just on a bigger scale. Um, he just he had the vision of the film, obviously, as like an Indiana Jones or Jason the Argonauts kind of movie. But they couldn't actually shoot in Egypt because of the political climate at the time, which pretty <laughs> much is just from that point until now, you probably have that same issue, I think, to a degree. But uh, the production had the official support of the Moroccan army, and the cast members had kidnapping insurance taken out on them, a fact Stephen Summers disclosed to the cast only after they had finished shooting. Oh, that's great. <laughs> hey, let's uh, give a round of applause to the Moroccan army, because they've been protecting you. I didn't tell you, but they have been making yeah. sure you were not human trafficked or killed. So wait, wait, what? What? <laughs> what? So all right. Yeah, and he just turns to the producer. Yeah, why scare them? I don't want them to be scared while they're shooting. I need them at their best. I'm just not yeah. going to tell them that they're in any danger. Right, it's fine. Right. It's we're fine. <laughs> we're having a great time. We're making movies. We love yeah. making movies. So they were shooting in the Sahara and to avoid dehydration and the scorching heat of that desert, the medical team created a drink that the cast and crew had to consume every two hours. Sandstorms were daily inconveniences, snakes, spiders, and scorpions, a major problem. Many crew members having to be airlifted out after being bitten. If you've played Assassin's Creed Origins, you've lived this. You got it. You you get an idea. Wow. The thing about one of the unforeseen problems was shooting in the desert was that the sand would cause all of the guns to jam. So the firing yeah. of the weapons had to be later uh, fil- uh, filled uh, in by ILM, Industrial Light and Magic. Oh, nice. So it's, it's, it, we're having a Mad Max Fury Road kind of situation slash Star Wars in Tunis- Tunisia thing with this desert shoot. Apparently, you just... you. D- it's great to shoot in a desert, but it's not great to shoot in a desert. It's great for everyone, except that it's great for the director's vision. It's terrible for anyone else that is involved in this project. Anyone who's in charge of equipment. Right. right. It's great right. for the visual. Everything else about it fucking sucks. I want to know what this drink was that they created. Right. I need to, we need to do some deep diving with this. I wonder if it's yeah. at all like the Gollum juice they gave Gollum in Lord of the Rings so his voice would stay consistent throughout the whole thing um, i would not drink something if it was called golem juice they, it was a concoction that. that they made so that he when he was doing his yeah that he didn't run out of juice uh hate it yeah 
another so one one impressive thing that I thought and I remember uh watching when I watched the movie again was the library disaster scene. That was shot oh, yeah. in one take. One take. Yeah, it's yeah. a circular shot, goes all the way around the room. They just fall like dominoes. They're obviously set up to do that. And then mm-hmm. Evie just pops up like, oh no, what did I do? One take, it would have taken an entire day to reshoot if a mistake had been made. And they nailed oh, yeah. it on the first try. Amazing. Oh yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is like, yeah, they they basically have to do yeah. it in one take. Like right. the amount of destruction in that scene is yeah. like, yeah. there are a few movie tropes I hate more than the tipping over of a bookshelf that domino affects the other ones because mm-hmm. it's right. always a circle and I'm always like I've been in a hundred bookstores and a hundred libraries and no one would put that angled one like no one no. would stack these things like dominoes <laughs> right <laughs> like, this pisses me off <laughs> like it gets to that one that's angled that hits the other and I'm like that's that that makes no sense and so yeah I just need to rant about that for a second <laughs> the last thing I'll give you, and we'll move forward uh, into 2020, is this fun fact. So when they they made a ride in Universal Studios called uh, Revenge of the Mummy. So in 2004, Universal Studios uh, opened the Revenge of the Mummy rides based on this movie and The Mummy Returns that was made in 2001. The ride became so popular, the lines would stretch into the main park with riders waiting for hours in the hot California, Florida sun. This is probably one of the top tier rides in Universal Studios. It's short, but it's a blast, and it's not Mm -hmm. a 4D piece of shit. So anyway, moving forward, to alleviate the stress of waiting, when the lines would move, fans of the movie would wearily chant, Emotep, Emotep, as the hypnotized talent people do halfway through the movie. Just a fun little piece of information. They move three inches and yes. they get out one emotep. And <laughs> yeah. they're like, we've done emotep. it. <laughs> and then they stop moving again for another wow. 20 minutes. Wow. Oh my gosh. So Nick, you're telling me that IMDb doesn't have any gun trivia on this movie? They have a lot of gun trivia. This is one of those movies I guess because it's a period piece that they'll sit there and go, Rick O'Connell was uh, holding this gun in this scene right here. And, and John no, Hannah. It has nothing to do with period piece. You, okay. you, you get on any fucking movie on okay. IMDb that right. has a, one single gun. It doesn't even have to be a fucking gun. It can be a shell of a bullet that's on the fucking cabinet in someone's room and someone's going to go, uh, that's a shot off 45 fucking little shell. Oh my God. Rick O'Connell's got a fucking, (laughs) every fucking movie with a gun. There's like 70% of that (laughs) trivia is guns. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've, no- I've noticed that on it. IMDb. There's a lot of people that get on there and make sure you know what guns were used. Also cars. A lot of, a lot of times there'll be really... And it's not even Fast and Furious movies. I've been on movies that are not about cars, but someone will be like, uh, this character drives this. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but thanks. So, all right. Um, all right. So, Tanner, Tanner not an advocate for guns. Like, I, I just hate that... I- I just really hate that someone's like, everyone needs to know what fucking gun this is. This is my goddamn job. The world needs to know what gun this man is holding. 
I'm like, who the fuck do you think you are? Why would I need to know that? In case you want to buy one, Tanner. Rant over. I hate guns. Fuck it all. Burn them all. Great. Move on. All right. All right. So let's dive into the year 2020. 2020. I'm Sonic. New name. COVID-19 became personal with me. Carol Maskin's plan. Top, make his job, that's the wet hat. You have arrived. Um, and like, again, I've been tasked with this one, and, uh, wow, there is not a whole lot to say about this year in terms of films, because, well, everything was closed for most of 2020. My Corona. Guys, the last time I've been to a movie theater was February of 2020, so about 18 months or so. Oh, really? I saw The oh, Invisible wow. Man was the last time I went That's to right. a movie theater. We were and, there. Yeah, <laughs> we were there. I have not yet gone back. I'm thinking that the mm. Candyman reboot will be my triumphant turn return to a cinema. Oh, um, nice, nice. I've, I've needed it to be something important, and I think this is that's going to be it. All right, so let's run down the box office for 2020. Um, this is in your release, um, according to Box Office Mojo, but I want to say that they've accounted for streaming in some way because there's just no way some of these movies made this much in that year. Got it. Um, and so uh, number 10 was Wonder Woman 1984. Number 9, mm-hmm. Tenet. Number 8, mm-hmm. The Crude's A New Age. Seven, Onward. Six, The Call of the Wild. Five, The Invisible Man. Four, Doolittle. Three, Birds of Prey. And then it had like a longer title, something to do with the... The Emancipation of Harley Quinn, yeah. There you go, that's it. Two, Sonic the Hedgehog. Nice. And number one, he did it in late in life. Bad Boys for Life. Will Smith <laughs> is still relevant, ladies and gentlemen. He wants to believe like, it, and so he, he pulled it off. This might actually be mostly movie releases, because some of these movies, I'm, I don't remember anyone giving two craps about, like, at all. So, like, Call, Call the Wild just seems like, I think it was a simultaneous release, but anyway. So, the last like okay so if you look at the release dates it's mostly january february like the yeah. top six mm-hmm. are all january february and then the and then onward was march and so i'm guessing that's like the last right before theaters just went down yeah um, it came out like a week before yeah like it, theaters the just went down. down and then disney plus just threw it up on the streaming and then after mm-hmm. that crudes was november wonder woman was december and it yeah. got simultaneously released on uh, the HBO app. Tenet got a, thir- a September 3rd release. And I'm guessing that just might have been overseas or something. I don't yeah, know. That's, that's, that's a weird the, time. He, Nolan tried so hard to get that movie to just be released in theaters because he wanted it to be like the comeback movie and he wanted the box office. But it's also, I haven't even watched it like that's that's how interested I was in that movie just because it was and I, I have you guys seen it? I have it. No. Okay. It just seems so convoluted and confusing. Everyone makes that seems it sound to like be... a chore to watch yeah. it. So I'm like kind right. of afraid of it. So. Yeah. 
But you, what are some of your favorite movies of 2020, Corey? Well, also just want I want to say this: Ooh. the 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 difference in box office total between Bad Boys for Life and Number Three, Birds of Prey, is well over a hundred million dollars. Like wow. it's it's like holy cow! Bad, bad Bad Boys for Life broke two hundred million, which really people even need to understand. That's like the budget of a Marvel movie now. So right. like it that the fact that that's number one at two hundred. And six million dollars is ridiculous, um, mm-hmm. but like Birds of Prey was eighty four, and I mean Sonic Hedgehog hit kind of in the middle. It's almost a hundred mm-hmm. million dollar difference between one and two, so wow. it was it's it's a weird thing. Um, all right, guys, put on your bow ties, put on your tuxedos. Um, oh yeah, we're all oh, wearing black, yeah. but we know damn well Jesse would be the weirdo that showed up in a white tuxedo. Um, but he'd look so good in it. He would look yeah, good and we'd all be kind of mad about that. it. Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. <laughs> so, be jealous. So, uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's, let's knock out some acting ones right quick. Actress in a supporting role was won by Yu Jung Yoon for Minari. Actor cool. in a supporting role was won by Daniel Kaluuya. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. For Judas and the Black Messiah. Nice. Um, which was a great movie. Actor, uh, and then best actress in a leading role was Frances McDormand for Nomadland. And mm-hmm. the actor in a leading role, controversially, went to Anthony Hopkins for The Father. Right. The fact that it was yes. a, everyone thought that was going to go to Chadwick Boseman. They Did literally not. had it as the last award of the night because they thought he was going to get it. I and mean, they were going to have this heartfelt moment where his sister or mom comes on and is like, thank you so much. This is meant so much to us. And Anthony Hopkins ha- has to respond a day later because he didn't even show up to the event. Yeah, it's like he was even told, like, listen, Chadwick Boseman has taken this. And he's like, all right, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, um, pretty controversial. To be fair, ending. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen Anthony Hopkins' performance, but Chadwick Boseman's performance in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is really good, as well as his performance in uh, Defy Bloods by Spike Lee, which didn't get any Oscar stuff at all, uh, well, which, which was surprising. Let's talk about the best picture of 2020. Uh, a lot of it was streaming stuff, again, because yeah. it, we didn't really get a little a lot of theaters. So this is weirdly yeah. like where streaming thrived this year. You had The Trial of the Chicago 7, a Netflix cool. movie. Yeah. Sound of Metal, an Amazon movie. Promising Young Woman, Minari, Mank, Judas and the Black Messiah, The Father, and then the winner, Nomadland. And Tanner has seen Nomadland. <sighs> and didn't enjoy it, right? So, I hated Nomadland. I mean, I've only of those I only saw the Sound of Metal, Promising Young Woman, and Judas and the Black Messiah, and I liked all three of them. So I need to watch yeah. a lot of these movies. Uh, yeah. Judas and the Black Messiah was great. Yeah, it's Judas fantastic. and the Black Messiah is one of the few I actually got to see. So it was a weird year because I know I know we normally talk about our favorite movies, but I wasn't watching a lot of new movies this year in the, in 2020. I was going back, kind of rewatching and trying to catch up on back catalog stuff that I hadn't seen before or Mm -hmm. meant to watch. So, so I didn't see a lot of stuff. Like I I would randomly watch Scoob. Like it was the first uh, straight video on demand, I think premiere that we ever, we had. So Mm -hmm. I just kind of caught things like that when, when the mood was right. But beyond that, it was mostly old stuff. 
Yeah, and yeah. even when you kind of like Google 2020 films, a lot of it's just now getting released even. Yeah. Like a lot yeah. of it is like uh, stuff that is classified as 2020 because that was its original release year, but it's got pushed mm-hmm. back or, you know, right. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Underwater was 2020, but I really enjoyed Underwater. I remember that like being the one of the better movies I watched last year. That yeah, it says it came out in 2020. Okay, so I liked Underwater a lot. So, um, yeah. I'll I'll just throw that out there. Other than that, I, I'm kind of like Nick. I was like, I didn't want to pay $30 for a lot of the premier access. Um, and so, yeah. yeah, I just wasn't really, I was watching, I was like knocking off my watch list of older films mostly mm-hmm. last year. Um, so. Yeah, I think other than that, uh, in like Nick said, Scoob, I thought Scoob was really fun. Um, and then Palm Springs also came out. That was fun. 2020, yeah. and that Actually, was really yeah. fun. That was enjoyable. I really liked Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. All um, right, guys. Despite the fact that 2020 was a weird year, it did manage to double down on two different movies. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. So one of one of the double downs was between a movie called Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always, and then a different movie called Unpregnant. Both are American films about a teenage girl finding out she is pregnant and going on a road trip with her best friend to another state to get an abortion without their parents' consent. (laughs) Wow. That is oddly specific. Like to the (laughs) point someone needs to sue someone else. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And so that's wild. And then the other one is specific in a different way, mainly because it stars the same actor. Okay. (laughs) Um uh, what it's between Sound of Metal, which I watched, and it is really like it is. It's very like scarring if you're a musician because it's about a drummer who loses his hearing, and that's his entire identity and source mm-hmm. of income. Yeah. And so, um, so Sound of Metal, and then Mogul Mowgli both came out in 2020, which are both films that star Riz Ahmed as a musician who starts to suffer from a physical condition that puts their career in jeopardy. So. So really, oh, Riz just doubled down on Oscar potential right there. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> one of these two, surely. So I'm going to win an Oscar for being a drummer who loses his hearing or a DJ that loses, like, I, maybe their hearing. I don't remember. I didn't watch Mogul Mowgli, but I know it's about a DJ that Interesting. catches some, and some he's, sort of disability. He is a musician, right? Like, that's He looks like he, he knew what he was well. doing in Sound of Metal. I mean... Drums is a pretty easy instrument, but it looked like he knew what he was doing. So I'm assuming he is a musician of some kind. He was uh, a gotcha. he's a rapper. Oh well, he plays a rapper. I think in Mogul Mowgli, like a DJ rapper. Okay, so okay, there gotcha. you go. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, he's yeah, cool. Well, there you go. So that's 2020. Um, again, yeah, a little hard to talk about your favorites. Um, <laughs> Ooh, I did forget the way back came out in 2020. The Ben and, Affleck movie? I didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, the Ben Affleck basketball film. Was it good? It's good. Okay. Yeah. All right. I Tanner mean, liked a was, sports movie? Whoa. Well, I mean, it is, it is hardly a sports movie. <laughs> he liked it a is, Ben Affleck movie. That's, that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, about, it's about uh, a guy who's uh, down on his luck. He's, I think he's out of a job. He's an alcoholic. Yeah. And he, it's a very 90s drama about right, him right. coming back to find himself and help his students because he gets like brought on to coach on a basketball team it, on its face. It just seems very like the cliche kind of comeback coach story, but uh, I have yeah. heard good things actually. So yeah, it is really good. I really liked it. 
you kind of nailed my sentiments exactly. I didn't watch it because it looked very paint my numbers, but then everyone that watched it said it was really good. So it's kind of like, hmm, maybe, maybe one day I'll sit down and watch it. One yeah. Day. We're, we're kind of in an Affleck assance right now just because he got back with old JLo. So he's, he's back. So, um, all right. That's 2020, which means it's now time to take the mummy and drop it right in here. Dun, right? Dun. So, Nick, you chose this movie, which makes you the director. You're in the director's seat, right? That's right. Which means Tanner and I have put together a cast for you of characters you've you chosen and given to us. Yes. Mm-hmm. We will present our cast. We will go character by character. We will present our casting choices, and you will choose the one you prefer. Tanner That's and I, right. however, we're bound to the rules of Quantum Recast. Mm-hmm. Rule number one. Yes. Any actor we choose for 2020's version of The Mummy must be alive. No bringing people back from the dead, even with Egyptian books of the dead. Rule number two, they have to be free. They can't be incarcerated or in prison or anything like that. Number three, uh, this one is they have to be active, which means we define that as they have to have at least one credit on IMDb in 2020 or prior to, which shouldn't be too hard because we're just right, a year removed. Right. Um, and then... Any actor that Tanner and I choose will lose any major film roles that they might have somehow pulled off in 2020. All of so, them. <laughs> so, so essentially, as long as we didn't cast anyone in that top 10 I, yell, I, I read off, like we should be good. Uh, so, yeah, generally, generally, pretty free, free game, guys. Yeah, we, 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 we've been given a free year. A lot of free agents, a lot of actors did not have anything released this year. Yeah, uh, sure. And so... Um, <laughs> Apparently Tanner had had a harder time with this. Um, And then Nick, as the director, you get two director power-ups. That's correct. Power-up number one, you can retroactively switch any of the actors you've cast. Like, at any point you can say, hey, we casted this actor here and this actor here, but I want to, like, stop and reverse that. And so you can do that at any point. And then you have a power-up that says you can absolutely veto me and Tanner's choices and put any actor of your choosing into any role you want. But That's you have right. to do that while we're there. You can't retroactively do that. Which so, is painful. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. painful. Um, I am, again, I am intrigued by your choices, and I'm horrified that you will pick something I don't want. It happens. Good luck, Nick. Yep, I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm, fun, I'm more intrigued by the fact that Tanner seems to have really struggled with a free agent year, and so I'm. I'm really curious as to Tanner. Dude, you have no idea. There were like six actors that I was like, "Come on, easy money," and I was like, "Oh, nope." Like title role, huge film, can't do it. I think. I think for me, and we discussed this in private. The hard part was Brendan Fraser's kind of a treasure. He's. He's a. He's a He's he's a very unique actor and he's a little hard yeah. to like replace. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll sa- we'll save that save that so, for the for the time. But so, yeah, you're, so, you're right. Right. Um, that was where I struggled most. So, Nick, I'm handing you the mic. You're now in charge. Lead us where That's you may. That's right. We're gonna start at the bottom. And when I gave out this list, Tanner gave gave a, gave a decent question of why we have this person on the list. But I feel like she is integral to the story, at least. So we're going to start with Anaksu Ramun. Birthplace of Anaksu Ramun, Pharaoh's mistress. No other man was allowed to touch her. Anaksu Ramun 
was the imperial concubine of Pharaoh Seti I. She began an affair with the high priest of Osiris, Imhotep, which was forbidden because no other men were allowed to touch her. And when the affair was discovered by Seti, she helped murder him and commit suicide. Um, real quick, Nick, are you saying Ramun? Like Ramen? No. Anaksu Ramun. Anaksu Ramun? No. Anaksu Namun? Oh, you definitely said Anaksu Ramun. Okay, I must have got well, it. He's hungry. He's hungry. I am hungry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that, I just wanted to clear that Corey had earlier. Anaksu Namun. Yes, excuse me. And then uh, yes. who played her? She was played by Patricia Velasquez, who is Venezuelan. Um, obviously, this is an Egyptian character. So that I, I think that was something that we had kind of discussed leading into this a little bit of how matching uh, nationalities and ethnicities and stuff. Well, um, hold on. Mm-hmm. But, I, forgot to, I, I forgot to ask Tanner's favorite question of what okay. changes uh, about moving this movie to 2020. And this is, we're kind of hitting maybe the main change. In 99, Hollywood was way less, like, like even now, they're still pretty bad about it, about, hey, we need to have this nationality play this actual character's nationality. But 99, it, the, mm-hmm. the dude that plays the Hungarian, Benny, is from Chicago. Um, right, yeah. And so, uh, and so we did discuss this. Like, hey, how, how bad are we trying to hit? Because I don't know any Hungarian actors, period. And, like, and so, yeah, like, this is how this would change in 2020. It would have been a little bit tougher, for sure. Yeah, kinda. yeah. So. Yeah, more planned okay. out and thought out yeah. on, like, who's coming into these roles. Mm-hmm. So, Tanner, I'm going to let you go first because I know you don't want to cast this person. So tell yeah. me. Tell me why. Yeah, I, I didn't cast her because I thought the when looking at the cast list, like, obviously, I always want to cast women. Like, yeah, but this role specifically, she is only integral to the story because she's a plot device. She herself as a character is not remotely important other than the fact that, like, you can point to the real villain going, I loved this hot woman. And it's like, you're using... This film really just used her as this, like, model statue to say, this is a hot woman. Which, to me, watching is like, oh, the only reason this woman was cast is because the director wanted to see her ass. Like, that's how, watching it, I'm like, this character isn't important at all. And to go through and cast this woman, I was like, the only thing I'm casting off here is looks. Because she doesn't do anything for the film. As a character, she has nothing to do. And so I'm like, I don't want to cast a woman just based off of her being hot. And that's when, when I was looking at the cast list. I was like, that's all I would be doing for that role. because. It's a useless role to this film, and I don't want to go through. So casting you didn't a woman cast like that. the character. I didn't At just because I would. I I feel like you're doing more detriment casting a woman because she's hot for a role than not casting a woman. I get what you're saying, um, and that's. I mean, we could talk about that. That might be one of the issues of the movie and the time period it was released in. Um, but since I'm director. Um, the 
the idea, I think, to modernize it and in 2020, and I the way I thought about this too was like she is integral to the story. Correct, she has barely much to do other than in the opening scenes. Um, but I also thought about it in terms of franchise a bit because she does get more screen time in the sequels and stuff. So the way okay. I see it is you bring someone in, you say, look, you're not that integral in this movie, but in the next movie, you get a lot more. Well, there's a lot more to do. We'll sign the two to three picture deal. It, it's it's kind of a, a, a early on sign up kind of thing, the way I'm trying to justify it. And I think in a 2020 lens, there would be more to the character than just I'm sitting here looking pretty and an object for Emotep to pursue. Um, so sure. Yeah, those are my thoughts. And that's my logic around it and adjusting it for a 2020 perspective. So, Corey, I'm just going to ask you real quick. Did you cast someone? Yeah, I wrote a name down, but according to Tanner, I'm an asshole for doing so. So I don't know if I want to say yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I will give you a name. Um, and, 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 and so I agree with Tanner in that, like, in 1999, this is an overly sexualized character. But I also think that by the same thing, the character of Evelyn's not handled any better. Like, I, it, we don't see her. No. But she's literally just there to be the love interest of the hero. Who I highly meet, disagree with that. Completely. He like, like she like it's, I'm just saying there's problematic things there. When they first meet, he kisses her and says, "Get me out of here." And sure, I'm like, that's stupid. That's dumb. I'm just saying there's problematic stuff all throughout the yeah. movie in in a 1999 version. Um, so I just I, I I agree with it, but I did write a name down, and I wrote down Nazanin Boni uh, Boniadi which is, she's okay. an Iranian actress. She's going to be best known for playing the love interest, Nora to Barney Stinson for an arc in how I met your mother. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Well, I mean, one of you Got did it. the homework. So <laughs> Corey, uh, please say her name again and add her to the list. It's uh, Nazanin Boniadi. Great. Off to a great start. Crushing it. All right, so where are we moving to? Next, we have, uh, we're going to move on to Ardeth Bay. I told you to leave or die. You refused. Now you may have killed us all. You have unleashed the creature that we have feared for more than 3,000 years. Relax, I got Ardeth Bay was a magi, chieftain, and warrior that led a band of warriors patrolling the Sahara Desert. A personal friend of the O'Connell family in later years, he has dedicated much of his life to insur- ensuring that his warriors keep High Priest Emotep uh, dead and that he would not return. And basically, he's he's part of a group that it, their sole purpose is keep Emotep in the ground. And mm-hmm. so he's mm-hmm. pretty much doing anything. He's he's somewhat of an antagonist at the beginning that later becomes a trusted friend of our heroes later on in the movie. Um, the actor. Oded Fair, the original one. His character was originally supposed to be tattooed from head to toe, but Stephen Summers vetoed it because he thought he was too good looking to be covered up, which is fair. He's a handsome man. He's a handsome man. And it seems like Stephen Summers 100% might have had a, a bro crush on him because there's a lot of things like oh yeah, he was supposed to be killed off at the end of the film, but Stephen Summers uh, thought the character was too heroic to be killed at the end. So, So... I think he should have been killed off because I have a I have a strong opinion about this character specifically Please. the actor. 
it's interesting because this is the first time where I can think of like how much an actor taking a different role affects every role he's ever done. There was only a seven month window where you could have watched this movie. And I think seen Odin fair play this character without thinking of Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. (laughs) Oh my God. I I totally forgot about that movie. That's weird to me. Cause every time I've watched the mummy since I'm like, that's the male gigolo that Rob Schneider, um, (laughs) who's fishy kills. And that's all I ever see him as. I don't see him as the badass magi in this movie. I, every time I watch this movie and I'm like, him taking the male gigolo role absolutely ruins this movie now. This, to me, when I was growing up, when I saw this, he was the coolest fucking character I'd ever seen on screen. Absolutely. Like, 100%. Anytime I watched it growing up, I was like, this guy's it. Like, he, he is the, the coolest. He is the hottest fucking person on screen. I am into this dude. Like he's, everything he's, about him. He's very much like the Boba Fett of the series to yeah. an extent. Like he's mysterious. He's cool. Yeah. All of the above. Mark, well, all marks across the board. That's the point I'm making is that I think there was a seventh month window where I got to enjoy that. But then I watched mm-hmm. Bigelow and it's never been the same. Where I'm like, nope. That's crazy that's that Deuce Bigelow had such an impact on you. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I just, I think it's just because it happened in the same year and I'm like, oh, and I, I'm pretty sure when I watched Deuce Bigelow, I was like, oh, that's the dude from The Mummy. And it's just like, oh no. And for some reason, that's who he is more to me, like, than the Magi from this movie. So, Corey, since uh, you made it, yeah, in a way, um, uh, who did, who did you pick for your not Deuce Bigelow male gigolo character? So I'm going to do something pretty unprecedented here. Um, you, need to get, oh. you need to get the IMDb ready. You didn't uh, cast okay. anyone? No, I'm cast. No, you've already done that. So it's no longer <laughs> unprecedented. <laughs> um, so I casted a friend of mine who is Hell actually yeah. a Turkish movie star. Okay. So I lived in Istanbul for a brief period of time with coaching a football team over there. And he was one of our players. And he had spent years working on his English, working on his accent. And he planned on moving to LA. But then shortly after I left, he started getting a lot of work in Turkish films. And he oh. landed the lead on a Fox show in Turkey. Um, and right wow. now he does a lot of Netflix movies um, okay. for Turkey. Okay. Um, so what you're going to need to type in, Nick, to IMDb is M-E-T-I-N, Mateen, and it should be the first one that comes up, uh, Agdulger. Yes. Um, and that's who I'm casting in this. He is from Turkey, really talented dude. I've watched some of his stuff, and he kind of looks like this dude. He's a very handsome guy. Yeah. He, Got dude, the long he's hair. gorgeous. So. Yeah. Okay. He, he, I came, that's really interesting. I came across his name because I was looking for. Um, all different types, you know, Turkish, Israeli, Palestinian, all different varieties of actors. And his name came across one of my Turkish lists. Yeah. And I was like, he does have the hair, but I have no idea what what he's done. So I didn't feel like I could say, like, cast this guy, because I have no fucking clue. So I'm giving him a shout out on the podcast, even though Nick, I know for a fact, has never seen him in anything. <laughs> so- <laughs> True. Um, but he looks like this dude. He looks and like so, the dude, and he's get, he's gonna have a cool accent. So gotcha. 
yeah it's it's a it's a fair it's a fair fair play it's cool yeah Yeah. tanner um yes who did you cast top that tanner (laughs) so i went with um zico zaki you're gonna have to pull up imdb as well oh my god (laughs) how do you spell it uh zay zed uh, Z-E-E-K-O-Z-A-K-I. Zaki. <laughs> so, you don't, like, he's he's really just starting his career. Like, okay. he's, I mean, he's done stuff for a while, like, but he's really getting more screen time right now because he just, uh, he's one of the lead characters on, uh, I for, it's like a Paramount show, FBI. <laughs> FBI. Oh, you um, casted a detective person. Got it. Yes, he. Got so it. he's he's also done a lot of other action stuff. He was in like Allegiant. He yeah, I loved him this, in Escape Plan Two. Yeah, <laughs> Escape Plan Two. He did. He was in Twenty Four. He's done a lot of like television stuff. Um, but I went through and I was watching because he. Um, He's Egyptian. He was born in Alexandria. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and he plays, I mean, he, the dude's big. The dude's like really tall. If you go through these photos, yeah, he's like comparatively to all of his partners that he's next to. Yeah. So like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a tall dude. Yeah. He's yeah. six five. So oh, wow. yeah, he's got, you know, he's got this presence about him. And then I watched a couple episodes of FBI yeah. um, to really get a feel for him. And he's just like, he seems very like uh, authoritative. He's got this like a lot of good heart that when he when he's acting, he's very charismatic, very caring to like the people around him. But he plays an FBI agent. He's got to be, a, you know, authoritative. And so I felt like he's got the look you can mm-hmm. if you, you know, give him extensions or whatever, if you still want the long hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we do. He's got the chops. He's just really starting out to be more in the public eye right now. And so you wouldn't really know him. Um, right, right, right. Well, he's doing, he's doing cop shows, so of course I don't know him. So. Yeah, you don't know him. That's how I know people is from cop shows. So what you're telling me is that you both are making me choose between two people I don't know. I went Nick. first. It was The burden was on Tanner to give you someone you know. I am two degrees removed from one of these people. Well, so that that's the, so that's the whole thing that I I would actually want to talk about with this casting is okay. like because Go Go we ahead. because like we did like how Corey was talking about earlier like trying to stay within like cultural relevance of right. like these characters and these yeah. roles. Mm-hmm. Egyptian actors that are well known, yeah, there are like two. three, yeah, two yeah, or three. two or three. It's like Rami Malek, uh, Ram, yeah, Rami Malek, Rami Youssef. And um, uh, is Rami Youssef the Ali, guy that has his own Hulu show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Titled Rami. Right. Right. Um, and then like uh, Ali Solomon, uh, or like the the big three. Okay. Um, but like, and you chose none well, of those guys that well, I would the know. Thing, is like none of those guys really fit this role. Yeah. Like yeah, if you fair. put that's if fair. you put Rami Malik in there, you're gonna go. That dude's not. Yeah, that he's only like artist. five seven. Rami Malik. He's pretty small, dude. Yeah, it's like yeah. then none of them. So like with the small pool of like well, well recognizable like 
Middle Eastern talent, just like in general, like it was really difficult to find someone sure. without really digging in and like yeah. doing all this homework mm-hmm. uh, that you could bring up to fit these roles. Yeah. So there, there are definitely a few on here where I'm going to be like, pull up that IMDb. You're going to have to look at this guy. Because so you, I you, you guys have stick. given me homework is what you're saying. Oh, uh, Nick, yeah. that is not me. This is the only time I was going to do it. And that was like me <laughs> okay. shouting out my buddy from, okay. from, right. uh, okay. from Turkey. But that, you will know everyone else from here on out. So. <laughs> okay. So still the fact remains I have to choose between people I don't really know. Um, yeah, sorry. I, w- I just kept talking to see. Right. Override. I'm not going to override it. I'm just going to have fun with this and I'm going to pick Corey's friend. Because yes. I love that. Let's, I let's love bring him. Let's, let's bring him across the sea or, or yeah, the ocean and say, hey, man, this is your shot. Let's, let's go. For it. Let's have some fun. Giving friends jobs. Let's yeah. do it. We're all about it. So. In an unprecedented move, in an unprecedented move, we are bringing one of Corey's friends into the fold. So yeah, uh, Corey again. T- tell me his name. It's Mateen Agdulger. All right, moving forward after some inter- in- good conversations that we've had. Um, yeah. Next, we're going to jump over to Benny Gabor. You're the one who's leading the Americans. I might have known. So what's the scam, Benny? You take them out into the middle of the desert and then you leave them to rot. Unfortunately, no. These Americans are smart. They pay me only half now, half when I get them back to Cairo. So this time I must go all the way. Them's the brakes, huh? If I say that, if I say any name wrong, uh, give me three slacking, whatever. Moving on. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) Shame me. Mild stroke. Shame me. Benny Gabor. Benny Gabor is a former French foreign legionnaire who became guide of a party of treasure seekers intended to reach Hamanapcha, the fabled city of the dead. Him and Rick were kind of buddies, and then he kind of ditched him, and then they ran into each other again uh, at the beginning of the movie later on. So they are both on opposite sides of teams trying to get to the Book of the Dead, to the treasure, everything there. Um, He's kind of a scalawag of sorts. He's just kind of playing everything for himself. And, uh, you know... He he's a he's kind of comi- comi- one of the comedic relief parts of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. So Corey, you made the last one. So tell me, who is your Benny? I hate going first, Tanner. You need to get some of these. Um, okay, so this is again. I I I actually had to do a lot of like research to find out where some of these characters were from, like their their, their nationalities. I had to hit the mummy wiki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. There's the it's it's called the uh, what is it called the, the Rick, Wikipedia Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, excellent, excellent. Well, I watched it with subtitles and it showed like he spoke Hungarian a lot. So yeah, oh, okay. it yeah. establishes that he is Hungarian. Um, gotcha. But obviously, world traveled um, speaks multiple languages in the film. Yes, and, um, yes. Knows a lot about different religions at some point. And uh, hey, it helps to know things sometimes. Yeah, all yeah. right. He speaks yeah. Hebrew, and the and the mummy's like, dude, you're cool. Um, so uh, this well, is. Well, I don't what, know if he says you're cool. Well, no, he, he says, says the language of the slave. slave <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if you're him, then and you own slaves, then you go, okay, you're cool. Like you're you do my bidding now. So it's the mummy. We're not supposed to like him. He's not supposed to have good ideologies. Fair. So um. Uh, this is actually where I threw. Um, I again, I don't know any Hungarian actors. I googled it. I tried to stay in this part of the world. Yeah, this is where I threw Rami Malek. Interesting. 
Yeah. I okay. think he could play a real weaselly, hateable character. And it's a little against type. We don't get to see Rami play like the hateable character. He's kind of lovable. Right. But I think he could do this really well. Yeah. I mean, his most yeah. known his most known roles are Night at the Museum, where he's he's kind of a, a happy Pharaoh, and then Mr. Robot, where he's very monotone, stoic, and then Freddie Mercury. Yeah, so he won has an Oscar range. for Freddie yeah. Mercury. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I I do think if you put Rami here, it will be a little more sinister. Um, than okay. than it came off with Kevin O'Connor. I think it, yeah, it, Rami will maybe be still weaselly, but it'll also mm-hmm. be a little more sinister when he becomes the full villain. The scene that that would work for especially is when he's talking to the the uh, cowboy with the glasses, and he him and Imhotep are about to attack him, and he's like, uh, "He thanks Prince Imhotep, thanks you for your eyes and your tongue, but he needs <laughs> yeah. more." Like he'll be able yeah. to deliver that really well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I could I could see it. Tanner, who do you have for Benny? Yeah, I think I had a so. Rami was like my. I think one of the top picks for this role, because like mm-hmm. he just has the, I think he has an essence that can, I mean, this is going to sound bad, but like he has an essence where he can quickly turn into a Weasley character. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Like he mm-hmm. has a, the, the ability and the um, talent, but yeah. he, he's got that feel to him. Mm-hmm. Um, But I figured Corey would bring him here. So I, I'd pick someone else. Okay. Um, uh, this is probably one that I'm like not so sure about just because I know I think I think you guys don't like him as much. But I brought Dane DeHaan. Okay. Here. Interesting. So okay. people would know Dane, obviously, from Chronicle. He played Harry Osborne in uh The Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um he he's done a bunch of stuff, but he has again, he has that same ability. I feel like you see him on screen and you can easily picture him as this like Weasley guy, but yeah. he's also the thing that was interesting to me about Benny is that like he's Weasley, but also very aggro. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because like, he's constantly pricking and prodding Rick to mm-hmm. like you know he's screaming at him across from uh, the river. You mm-hmm. know he's like, you know we've got all the camels and like all that. So he's still like in your face about like. I'm going to beat you. Mm-hmm. But he's physically like a Weasley like character. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. So I thought that was interesting about him. So I brought Dane in because I think he has the ability that we've seen. I think Chronicle specifically, you can see him as like he gains his power and gains this like assholiness mm-hmm. to him. Right, yeah, yeah, he yeah. He has like this Weasley side to him, but he's also very verbose and like can be very in your face. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think uh, that's why I brought him. He's not doing anything this year. He's doing like a Quibi series called The Stranger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not worried about it. Um, Just for the record, I really like Dane DeHaan. Not necessarily for this character personally, but I like the actor a lot. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm just no, throwing I that out there. Yeah. I really like that actor. So. I think I think Dane DeHaan just got wrapped up in a failure of a big box office movie in the second Spider-Man, and it just freaked him out, and he's pretty much disappeared yeah. into yeah. weird streaming series. Yeah, and then he did, like, mm-hmm. Valerian after yeah. that. Right, yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, so I, obviously I could see uh, 
Remy in in the role pretty well. Uh, I, I think, like we discussed, he he can play those darker parts pretty well too. Dane can do the same as well. Um, with Dane, you're going to obviously. Uh, uh, I I'm not sure about the characteristics or or uh, features of what what makes a Hungarian person. Obviously, because my closest or most recent uh, look at that is somebody from Chicago. So. Uh, but I, I'm assuming we could, if it was a Dane, we might have. I, is hung is Hungary is hung hungry Hungary's Europe? Yeah, yeah, it's like Eastern Europe. Yeah, yeah Eastern yeah. Europe. Okay, You're so in, so it's it's, it's Dracula still territory. It's, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Romania area. Got it. Okay. So we can it, it plays. It still plays. I think in this particular role, I think Dane is the better choice to go with here. It, there's a there's a likability to Rami, and there's a mysteriousness to Dane that will play well here that he can do all the stuff, but he's, you're going to kind of be rooting against him and you're not going to feel as bad at the end when he gets uh, trapped in the, in the, in the tomb after yeah. everybody leaves and you're kind of be like, yeah, he kind of deserved that instead of being like, Oh, I kind of liked, I liked Rami though. So but that's where I'm going. Yeah. We're going to rewrite the character of just being American though. Like Rick O'Connell, right? We're not going to ask Dane to play a Hungarian. We'll probably well, discuss that, yeah, and, and see what's yeah, best. Yeah, well, I think I think that's the other thing about um, Benny as well is like that it was never stated that he's Hungarian. He just, but that was a specific thing I actually really liked about the film. They never specified it, but whenever he emotionally gets heightened, he starts speaking Hungarian, yeah. so you can like and people tune resort in to the cracks start to show in emotional yeah. situations. Um, and then just as a as a note, um. I believe, I just want to make sure we all get it right. I believe it's Rami. Rami. Not Rami, Matt. Rami, Rami. Yes, Rami. Yes. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So, Dane DeHaan. Written down. He's our guy. Moving forward, we're going to do Jonathan Carnahan. Yeah, well, I was mistaken. You lied to me. I lied to everybody. What makes you so special? I am your sister. Yes, well, that just makes you more gullible. Jonathan, you stole it from a drunk at the local cafe. I picked his pocket, actually, so I don't think Jonathan, it's a very good stop? idea. Jonathan Carnahan, uh, he is uh, Evelyn's brother who just goes along with her misadventures and stuff, gets caught up in this whole thing. He's very much the comic relief of the good guy side, basically. He's he's a treasurer himself. He He likes some gold. He likes a good time. Um, a, a scalawag in his own right. This movie's full of scalawags. It should just be called Scalawags of of Egypt or something. I don't know. But uh, sounds like a problematic title. problematic title. Problematic titles. Yeah. Uh, write that one down on my list. But, <laughs> uh, played perfectly by John Hanna, I think. And and I don't know uh, him yeah. from much else. Um, he was the villain actually in the Spartacus show. Um, which I mm. the first season I really enjoyed. Uh. And he did a pretty good job there, but that's really this is really all I know him from. He's I don't know if you like guys have seen him in anything else. Four weddings and a funeral. Is that okay? I wasn't sure what brought him to this point, but um, yeah, I feel like that's all I would know him mm-hmm. from. Yeah, guys, can I just? I hate this character, and I think it's pointless. What? Oh, no, I do. I think Why? this character has no point to the movie. I, I feel fun. like all we did was take a comedic character and say the good guys get one and the bad guys get one. And it's just like Benny could have just existed by himself. We did need the brother who I just yeah. I hated the character. Oh, my gosh. I honestly, I think he's just there to like 
be funny. in some weird way to just a be funny, but to take some of the comedy off of Frazier, Rick Brendan Fraser. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think he's just there so that Brendan Fraser is not constantly being funny. I mean, just mm-hmm. so many of the characters I just didn't like in this movie. I don't like him. I don't like Benny. I don't like the this the the guy the prison guard that goes with them for a little bit and ends up getting killed by a bug. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I don't like this character. And it's also because okay. I if 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 Hugh Laurie had played the character, I probably would have liked it <laughs> in ninety-nine. Okay. Yeah. He's kind of a callback to the character in the Indiana Jones movies, the bumbling professor that is mm-hmm. he's more prominent in the third movie. Uh, I think I think it's a callback to that trope of a character. Tanner, you made it. Tell me who you're putting in this role. All right. I had This is honestly, I think, the one that I had the most fun casting. Okay. Because I I thought of a lot of really fun people. Cool, cool. Um, But I took one that I knew you would know, Nick. Okay. um, Because. Good, good start. Good start. Because there's a a lot of really good um, British actors that I know that could play this really well. Right. But I wanted to make sure I got a British actor that you have seen recently got it so i brought jack whitehall in you saw him as the brother in the uh, jungle cruise oh okay okay all right and he's playing a very similar character yeah so yeah he is and nick i see the look on your face <laughs> it was not his fault what, it was what, not his what, fault what, that movie was terrible <laughs> <laughs> He's he's actually really good. So he's he's in Jungle Cruise. He was also in Good Omens. Um, he he has like a, I want to say it's a panel show, but he has his own like TV show mm-hmm. um, called uh, A League of Their Own in uh, in Britain, okay. where it's just like him and like I think James Corden is also in it, and it's just like a show between, uh, almost like a prank show between friends type thing. Okay, um, but he's. I think he's always been really great. I've loved all of his stuff. And I thought he just came out with Jungle Cruise. We see him in very specifically like this type of character. Right. It's it's and, it's very the thing about Jungle Cruise is that it's also in that line of Indiana Jones type movies. And he's mm-hmm. he's the same type of character that uh Jonathan is. Yeah. So that's why I brought him. Um Okay. okay. Corey. Who do you have to counter? I really wrestled with James Corden for a while, actually, because I couldn't oh, tell if it was my. I couldn't tell if it was perfectly spot on or if it was just really uninspired. That it, was it, really uninspired. It, it, it really a, it was it was inspired in the sense that it would have pissed me off. Well, I get that it would have pissed you That's off, inspiring. but I still stand by that he probably would have played the character to a T. But I decided to move away from it. I just okay, said, you good. know what, good, it's fine, good. good. So. The guy I really wanted to bring in, I ended up having to change when I went a little younger with my uh, Evie, um, which okay, really, okay. honestly, I think I hit probably the right age for Evie, and I was just bringing yeah. in a guy that's just much older. Okay. I was going to bring in Noel Felding. Um, nice. Who would be, I don't know if Nick would know him. He was on, uh, really, really, really famous in Britain. He's a stand-up comedian, uh, Mighty Boosh, and then now he's a host on The Greatest British Baking Show. He looks late 30s, but he's pushing 50. 
Um, I really like Noel Fielding a lot. So, but he just was gonna. He was just gonna clash too much with my Evie. So okay. I'm bringing you Elton John, Taron Egerton. You just took me on a roller coaster there for a second. Yeah, me too. I was like, you brought Elton John into this. I'm so in. I was like, what have you? What have you done? What? What again? Is this? If it wasn't so old, that might have been perfect. We just rewrite it as the dad. <laughs> What an interesting move to so make that you the dad. Have, so you have kind of, uh, I'm intrigued here because he's literally like 32 right now, right? Or at least this yeah, year. Yeah, he's, he he's 30, 32-ish. Yeah. Okay. Um, so so is, I don't, I'm not trying to get you to slip your hand. Is he the older brother or is he the younger yeah, brother? Yeah, he is. Honestly, my actors are about the same age, but I did look okay. up that it's older brother technically you just made them kind of closer and i think evie yeah closer in age my evie could be much younger like i think she could play much younger if we needed her to um and Uh then i think taryn he just played elton john if we gotta age him up we can age him up got it okay yeah we can can give him a we can give him a big forehead so taryn egerton uh if you haven't seen rocket man you should uh, it's the better of the two uh, move between Bohemian Rhapsody, in my personal opinion. Uh, and he's he's the also, Kingsman. yeah, the Kingsman guy. And that's the, where I those, went with a lot of kind of this, just kind of uppity British kind of. I think yeah. he could go there. I think he. Could he's very, he's very leading man, but he's also uh-huh. he's an actor's actor, obviously through uh, movies like Eddie the Eagle and stuff like that. He's he's shown an aversion from being the, in the superhero movies and, and a lot of giant franchises and stuff other than Kingsman, yeah. obviously that was kind of where he broke through and then was able to do what he wanted kind of thing. Right. And, and I think I was okay with Taron because Jonathan is so, he is all throughout this movie. Like he's not, he is everywhere in this movie. He is yeah. everywhere mm-hmm. they are. So I was like, yeah. I think it's okay to bring a bigger name into kind of this peripheral character mm-hmm. because the character is just always there. Yeah, you're going to get a uh, you're going to get a little more capable Jonathan with this with that role, I think, mm-hmm. um, just because of who he is. Like, you, I don't think I think him going from chiseled, good looking guy, even when he played Elton John, it's going to be quite a departure for him to play more the bumbling, stumbling uh character that we know in the original. Well, so he'll be. A, yeah, I, I feel like he'll be. A, I'm not saying we have to make him Brendan Fraser part two. I'm saying he's just going to be a little more able to do some combat and stuff, probably. I mean, again, I think a lot of the wardrobe yeah. that Jonathan wears builds a lot of the character as well. It gets yeah, just baggy. Yeah. You're not going to necessarily see him being ripped. And then I also, mm-hmm. one of the the things I think I noticed most about the character of Jonathan that I do like a little bit is that he never backs down from fights when they come up in the in the, in the the movie. He's always very much drawing his gun and getting mm-hmm. in on it. That's and true. So That's I'm true. okay, like kind of having a guy that looks capable, but you know, not as capable as right. Brendan Fraser. Yeah, like he's at least yeah. throwing himself into the skirmishes. Yes, yes. I, <sighs> this is Nick's worst episode. Huh. He hates everything we're doing. So, f- <laughs> so far. Well, um, like I don't. It's interesting because that. Yeah, you see. I think you're you're seeing him as a totally different character than like I am. So I, like, am I feel like we Corey brought is. No, no, Corey is. Okay. <laughs> I think Corey is seeing it totally different than I am. So we brought you yeah. two totally different right characters. 
it's a character actor role, but I also, I guess just this recent watch, I think I saw different layers to the character than I've seen in the past where I saw him as more than just the bumbling idiot. I thought I yeah. saw that they kind of gave him a little bit of an edge that I kind of, no, you're like, right. I, I appreciate. I, I think this. that's there. I don't think that, I think yeah. that's accurate. I think that is there. Yeah. I can give you James Corden. Look, Say can, his name again, and I will pick Tanner's choice. Look, I can give you Joe Gilgan, but I don't think you're going to know who that is. Uh, Matt Berry, Matthew Berry from IT Crowd. And, stop uh, Stop saying names. Okay, stop saying names. You're, you're just upsetting me. Um, Matthew Berry would be fun, though. I, I think that... I think while Jack Whitehall is closer to maybe what the 99 version might have been, I am intrigued by Taron Egerton kind of departing from his leading man, other types of uh, Oscar bio, biographical type roles and trying taking a different taking role. a different approach. So I'm going to go Taron. I'm going to go Taron. Okay, so we are up to our final three. I'm going to ask the question. And in my mind, I almost had the thought of, do we want to do the O'Connells first and end with Emotep since he's the titular character? What do you think? I w- if it was me, I would just go Emotep, Evie. Rick. Yeah. It just, That's you, I, I get that the it. mummy is the mummy, but it's just... Yeah. There's okay. way more to discuss okay. about the other two than Emotep. Fair, fair, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. There'll be, yeah. Okay. So let's do Emotep. Mr. Burns... Prince Imhotep thanks you for your hospitality and for your eyes and for your tongue, but I'm afraid more is needed. The prince must finish the job and consummate the curse which you and your friends have brought down upon yourself. Imhotep, he is an ancient Egyptian priest, high priest of Osiris. Uh, he obviously uh, murdered the Pharaoh uh, for for Anaxu Namun, and mm-hmm. uh, for his punishment, uh, and he was using dark magic from the Book of the Dead. He was executed with mummification alive. He's the only known person to be cursed with the home die, the evilest of all ancient curses. So basically, they mummify the dude alive, and he's stuck in there uh, for thousands of years. Gets awoken up, and he's trying to basically res- resurrect his love and take over the world. You know, typical and, stuff. Yeah. And so clarify this for Simple me. Simple stuff. At some point, expositionally, Evie is giving the the backstory on this guy being killed with the home die. And that killing someone allows this person to be resurrected and be powerful. What a dumb punishment. Right. That Oh, that was a question I meant to write down, but I forgot to do it. Is like, why, if they hate this guy, why... If awoken, are they giving him unlimited power? I know. Like, I was like, "What the heck?" Thing. <laughs> like he's done. He's done us real dirty. Let's just give him power. It's like, oh my god, that's weird. Yeah. Anyways, I was just being sure I got that right because I was like, "Idiots." All right. Anyways, moving on. Uh, Corey, you made it. So tell me, who is your emotep? He was originally played by Arnold Voslo, who is actually yeah. South African. Uh, he's an acclaimed yeah. actor from that area. He did a lot of stage roles. Uh, he moved to America and was alongside Al Pacino and Cheryl Lee on some uh, uh, stage performances. Uh, he's also been in series such as American Gothic and Nash Bridges. 
so a fun little thing here. Uh, he approached, he understood, he understood the approach that Steven Summers was wanting in the screenplay, but he only agreed to take the role if Emotep could play it. And, and his quote is if he, if I could do it absolutely straight from Emotep's point of view, this is a skewed version of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. So it, it, in his mind, he, which is with all great villains, he's the good guy. He's got his purpose. I'm trying to find my love kind of thing. Right. And I also mean, taking over the world's nice. In a weird way, the mummy is just totally in love. Yeah. Like that's his yeah. whole Oh yeah, thing. he's doing it all for love. Yeah. Right. yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, maybe he's not as bad mm-hmm. as, he's only bad because they, well, they mummified him alive. <laughs> you know. And he murdered, yeah. you know, a, a pharaoh just to get his girl, but you know. She okay, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> it was probably an arranged marriage in which the woman didn't want to be a part of. But you're, okay. you're right. You're right. You're so, right. Yeah, that's true. Um. Uh. Also, just as a note, um. Uh, it's uh, Arnold Fosslu. It's like the V is Fosslu. Arnold is the Vosloo. V is a, like basically an F. Fosslu. Okay. Fosslu. It's Arnold- like I watched. I watched a South American like news coverage on him, and they they did it with a f instead of a v basically arnold Foslu. can i can i not go first am i allowed to do that as the winner no you made it you you made it you didn't piss me off you didn't piss me off enough to make me take tanner first like we did previously no i've i've pissed him off too much already (laughs) i think you should punish tanner for not casting a whole by making you go first no by making tanner go first Corey, go first (sighs) Okay, I'm just gonna do it. I casted Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Of course you did. Interesting. Your he reasons? Just, he doesn't ever speak. It's all charisma. The whole role is just charisma. You have to just act in like with the eyes and the body and everything. There's hardly any speaking. He's he's a massively powerful looking bald man. And I, it, I mean, it's not that part of the world. He is Samoan. He's half Samoan, half black. I get it, but like, mm-hmm. okay. I just thought it ties to the franchise that we know a little bit, but nobody likes the Scorpion King stuff. It right. Brings him in. Right. And so it keeps him in the franchise. We, okay. we turn him heel before Black Adam. So I don't know. It's just, I picked him. I liked it. Yeah. I would watch it. I think it'd mm-hmm. be fun. That's it. This I is know. not where I. Th- this is not where I thought you were going to put The Rock. I thought you were going to try and put him in as Rick O'Connell, and I do not want to see The Rock in another tan shirt movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew that you would not go with Rick O'Connell, and I do. And again, I even though we Tanner, might as well just put Emily Blunt there and make it Jungle. That's Cruise. what I'm like, saying. I know that Tanner tried to already pilfer from Jungle Cruise, but I didn't right. want to because I felt like yeah. it would be yeah. a little too. I, and I think that The Rock looks ridiculous in Jungle Cruise. He's like, you're way too large for this movie. Like, yeah, you should not be the boat captain of the ship. And so I just, okay, it's here. He's here. He, I, I didn't Rick O'Connell him. I put him as Emotep. I think it'd okay. be fun. All right. It's a personal taste thing. Got it. Got it. So just let Tanner say whatever he's going to say. Okay. Tanner, who was your pick? Um, So I picked a guy who uh, is Egyptian. Um, He is, okay, so his name is... uh. Amr Waqid. A uh when How you, you type it in, that? it's A M R uh then W A K E D. Okay. Amr Waqid. Okay. Um 
so he he was in Geostorm. He was in the um uh was it Scarlett Johansson Lucy. 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 He was like the French detective um or the French cop um in Lucy that was helping mm-hmm. her towards the end of the movie. He's in Wonder um, Woman. He was in Wonder Woman. He was the uh, uh ruler of Egypt, but really it's a cameo. But he has a good history with um action stuff. I don't believe this character needs to be like hulking because like he is this like entity that is not bound by human uh shit. So like he has this really good look. Um and then all the stuff that I've seen him in like Lucy, Geostorm, mm-hmm. um all that stuff. He's playing more like cops and things like that again so he's got presence um yeah i thought like he's got and he's just got if even the photo at the at the front page of his 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 profile pic yeah he's got this like great side eye look he Mm -hmm. can be this like menacing yet smirky Mm -hmm. smiley character yeah um and i think he's just gonna have a lot of fun with it Mm mm-hmm mm-hmm Okay, just because Tanner took a shot with the whole hulking comment, and yes, I agree, it's a supernatural character, but aesthetically, That's what I was looking for, supernatural. it looks ridiculous if the character's small and he's lifting Brendan Fraser up by the neck. I don't think so. I think it would that... look ridiculous. If you cast Steve Buscemi in the same role and he lifted up Brendan Fraser by the neck, even if he's magic, it looks bad on film. Let me, let me, let me give it to you this way. I don't know about that. Let me, but... let me, give, it, let me give it to you this way. Okay, so... I will agree to an extent with Corey in a sense. Mm-hmm. Can Rami play this role? I don't. I don't think he could no. because he's too. He is too small. Uh, yeah. How do you say? How do you say? How do you say your actor's name again? Amr. So it's like armor, yeah. but uh, um, without armor. role. Okay. So Amr is five ten. I believe that's a good height for this. Yeah. Yeah. It, he's he's tall for an actor, um, and he, he like Tanner said he does have a good look about him he he has a, a good villain kind of scowl to him as well in, in a lot of these mm-hmm. in these shots so i could good. see that yeah, now good. now i and I, I do lean towards like i need you do want somewhat of an intimidating presence so the question is is yeah. it hulking like the rock is it more of a a, a, a acting kind of looks and 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 shot angles and stuff like what mm-hmm. that we could do with Amr? um now to answer the question of like he is magic now the way they portray that in 99 was which was kind of cheesy was he walked up kind of swung his arm and Brendan Fraser went flying uh in in the newer mummy movie it was less of her kind of actually hitting people and more of like power kind of force type thrust like that which Mm -hmm. is also something that uh Emotep did in the second movie when he there's a scene where he picks up the the sun and just kind of walks with him, like, and just has the hand out, which I thought was a lot cooler, a better, yeah. a better way to handle that. Um, so I think that that is the way it would be portrayed in 2020. It wouldn't be more of the weird uh, hit the hand, trying to make him seem powerful in that sense. What what Corey is bringing to the table is some star power. That's sure. that's the big thing there. Um, yeah. It's the rock. He's the biggest, he's the biggest star in the world. He has the charisma. Yes. He's, he's going to put some butts in seats if we're going from that angle. Yes. Yeah. Were you going to say something, Corey? I'm sorry. 
No, I just I was gonna fight for it, but I'm I'm not gonna fight for it anymore. <laughs> I'm done fighting. I'm done fighting. So <laughs> I'm gonna go with Omar. Um, I think that nice. it's a good kind of like the original actor Arnold. We're gonna have a spot where an actor that's unknown is gonna kind of come across, and it's gonna make him more mysterious and more intimidating in that aspect. The power and the technology will be more taking advantage of the fact that he is a priest and he's going to use magic versus his hulking size. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go that way. That's where I'm going. Um, that's where we're going. All right. So the final two, the lovers of the movie, they fall in love. They hate each other. Opposites attract. Boom. Married. Have a kid in the next movie. Um, let's start with Evelyn. Why do I put up with you? Well, you, you put up with me because, um, because I can I can read and write ancient Egyptian, and I can I can decipher hieroglyphics and heretic. and well, I am the only person within a thousand miles who knows how to properly code and, and catalog this library. That's why I put up with you because your father and mother were our finest patrons. That's Evelyn. Is it Evelyn or Evelyn? Evelyn. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's start with Evelyn. Evelyn in this movie, she's Evelyn Carnahan. She becomes Evelyn O'Connell. Uh, at the by the end of the movie, obviously, and further in the sequels, uh, born in London, England, uh, she's a librarian, and she is obsessed with Egypt history, Egyptian history, and she's all and, and her brother and her stumble upon a key which they believe will lead them to Hamanaptra, and then they stumble upon the city of the dead. She is an eccentric kind of character. She's not. Uh, she's a librarian. She's a bookworm. Uh, and she kind of stum- she's a little bit of a stumble into problems herself as well. But she shows some capability and some knowledge uh, that's very helpful throughout the movie and and some tenacity of her own, which appeals to our Rick. And um, this I, the chemistry between these two of of Rachel Weiss and uh, Brendan Fraser is probably some of the best parts of the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. and, the, and the franchise in general so much so that when i watched the third movie and she wasn't in it and i already knew this but i went in and they showed maria bello and i was just like this just isn't it this just isn't it this isn't right this doesn't fit at all yeah and no disrespect to that actress but it was just like this just isn't this isn't this doesn't work so uh Tanner, is it a totally different character in the third or no, is she the same she's character? the same character and they kind of make the side joke it, it the kind of oh. kind of like when they switch terrence oh. howard and uh don Cheadle, but it's the same character and it but it's, she mm. just doesn't play it the same she's not yeah. goofball she's not kind of clumsy here and, and or and and doesn't have that advancement of i'm becoming more uh self-assured and stuff in the second one and and as she progresses yeah. into the first one um so yeah tanner replacing rachel weiss who was the first and only actress offered of the part uh, he Steven wow. Summers casted her after seeing her performance in The Land Girls in 1998. Uh, she was a big fan of horror films, but did not see this film as such. She said in an interview, "It's hokum. It's a comic book world." I don't know what hokum means, but sure. Um, Bunk. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Who is and uh, yeah? So tell me, tell me who you got, <laughs> Tanner. Uh, remind me who. Our Jonathan is. Our Jonathan is Taryn Egerton. Okay. Which, if you have an older one, he could be the younger brother. 
we could we that's easily adaptable there was never yeah, an instance instance where it's like i'm big brother or anything like that but he could also be a slightly older brother same age brother Go yeah ahead. i was just trying to see yeah. i i the the because i tagged the two that i had because i also felt like they had semblance of each other yeah a little bit yeah um so the woman that i'm bringing in She's going to still be clumsy, but she's still going to have this air about her where she is herself. She's like she has stake in herself and she actually can do things because I think Corey brought something up earlier where Evelyn to a degree is like things are happening around her and she's just there to like do random things here and there. She's just like there to read the books. Yeah. And then like everything else is just happening around her and she doesn't have a whole lot of um self um but i think i think this woman's really going to bring that to it and i brought phoebe waller bridge so you'd know her from fleabag that was the thing she's she's really big from fleabag girl okay yeah she like um wrote and starred in fleabag um she was also in um she was uh what's the l337 uh, in Solo, she was the robot, um, Lando Calrissian's robot. Okay, got it. In in Solo, got it. Okay, yeah, in Solo, um, she's done a lot of stuff uh, here and there. This year, she's only doing like a small TV series called His Dark Materials. Oh yeah, yeah. Which yeah. it's not a small TV series, but yeah, go ahead. Really, I have never heard of it. It's a. It was okay. a movie back in the day, based off of a book. The movie bombed with Daniel Craig in it. This is the TV <clears throat> HBO attempt at make game of thrones again so it's got it's it. based off of the golden compass books thank you yeah got it okay yeah so she like her big thing that like most people would know her from is fleabag but she was also in like Broadchurch. she's done a lot of really good stuff and in there she is she's clumsy with herself in the sense of she's just like falling through life in a lot of ways yeah she's just like a little bit lost in herself and like i'm still trying to figure out what my life is in a lot of ways. But she is very, like, centered with herself. So she's very, like, sexually active. She's very, like, aggressive in a lot of these ways that give her her own sense of self. And even though, like, I don't think Evelyn should be, like, promiscuous and, like, uh, that be a thing for her character, Uh but it gives you something more than, oh, I've received a kiss from this guy what did that mean? You know what I mean? Because I thought that was a big thing for Evie's character uh-huh. that I found weird was like, he kissed me in jail. Does that mean he loves me? Do you love me? Am I, are we doing this? And I'm like, this is just a weird thing. I think it's, I think it's um, supposed to be portrayed as she's this bookworm, the shut in that's being burst onto this adventure in a sense. And he's, he's kind of the, the first guy in her new world that's kind of like just been that forward you know she's probably around a yeah. bunch of gentlemen or gentlemen quote unquote right that wouldn't really be that abrasive and stuff so it's a shock to her and so but it's again that's the opposite of track kind of thing she's like that's rude that's terrible but i'm kind of into it and and it's kind of like well yeah that and her being kind of the fresh-faced uh and also very kind of innocent to an extent and earnest it's kind of her yeah right. she's well, processing ignorant. being like is that is this is this what this is is this love is this what i'm yeah. feeling so 
Uh, I just like I brought her in because I think she has the ability to be this like like you were saying bookish woman, yeah, but still have yeah, her yeah, yeah. credence to be able to do her own stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Corey, your rebuttal, please. Uh, Emma Watson. Emma Watson. Okay. Yeah, Hermione herself. Uh, mm-hmm. also has been on a little the Little Women remake from 2019. Was in the Beauty and the Beast uh, remake uh, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and uh, she was in Bling Ring, uh, amongst other things. You know, once she escaped from Hogwarts, um, thank God. But uh, yeah, yeah, Corey, th- th- that is that your is that your pitch? Yep, that's my <laughs> that's pitch. the pitch. We've upset him because yeah, if I him. argue it, I just it just gets turned against me, and we pick stupid people. So it's just Emma Watson. I get Emma Watson. She was like second on my list. I thought she was just too, too a list for it. Where it's like I thought she was too on the nose. It's like obviously for a bookworm, you're gonna bring Hermione, Jack Whitehall. It's my rebuttal he's got to you. that comment he's, about he's on the you. nose. I mean, truth. So here, here's my thoughts on it. Uh, so Phoebe, I, I get, I get your reasoning there. Uh, I think, yeah, she can do the bookworm part really well. I don't know her. I know she's won a lot of awards for this show. She's, she's kind of a, yeah. a name up and coming. Emma Watson is a star. We need a list, some a list talent, some known talent in this movie a little bit. You sure do <laughs> after both. Amr. <laughs> wow, put um, some respect on his name, Corey. You haven't seen one movie he's in. I literally just said I've seen Lucy. Oh, have you seen Lucy? Yeah, I okay. really liked Lucy. Now Corey kind of. I feels never bad. watched it. Okay. Anyway, um, I feel like you guys are in the same in in the ballpark on different sides yeah. of the field, um, and not quite what I'm looking for. What were you looking for? So this might be where I use my override. Nice. Because I, I was thinking of it myself. I was trying to, I was trying to play the game and I was trying to be like, who do I want to try to get into this? And it really was depending on like, who am I, who do I find? If I found someone that I was like, Hey, they've got, this is perfect. Or in my opinion, Mm -hmm. they nailed the role. Um, a lot of the roles that they have played, they, they usually are playing someone that's more confident, more of a leader type, uh you know um uh, they've they're in a lot of uh genre sci-fi fantasy different types of things mm-hmm. um but in in other roles when they're not playing those bigger scenes they're much more quirky they're much more uh, eccentric kind of and once i thought of her i was like yeah that's kind of what i'm looking for and the more i thought about it i was like yeah she she kind of plays that really well but also has she can pull out that confidence as well of like no i know i know these things uh, just because I'm a woman in this period of time does not mean that I'm less than you. I I study right. this just as hard as this old guy over here. We're gonna we're gonna out outmaneuver them and get what we want, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm bringing you Amelia Clark. Okay. Daenerys Targaryen, which is what people will know her as. She right. You she she starred with Phoebe Walker technically in Solo. This is who I'm considering to override with. Because I think she, I think she fits 
in between both of where you guys are at. And I think that she can pull off the things that we've discussed on both ends of that spectrum. There's a romance in this, in this movie and it, at the heart of this movie, it's, it's, it's her and it's, uh, and Brendan Fraser and their chemistry together is really what sells this movie. They're, they're the, the Luke and Leia, I'm sorry, the Luke and Leia, the Han and Leia of this this (laughs) series to an extent. Yeah. And that's really what, does carry a lot of these movies and when without and and we saw a very good example of what happens when you remove one of them from it so i think that's what i'm gonna do um i'm gonna go override right here and i'm gonna hope that (sighs) we have a matching uh rick o'connell so amelia clark is who i'm getting hate it love it uh at this point i don't know but uh we'll move forward from there so let's wrap this up. Okay. Rick O'Connell. Why did you kiss me? <laughs> no, I was about to be hanged. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Oh. What? What'd I say? Play by Brendan Fraser. O'Connell. Arguably, as we've discussed, probably the hardest role to replace in this in this in this show. Rick O'Connell, American adventurer, former colonel of the French Foreign Foreign Re- Legion. French Foreign Legion. There uh, it is. He is just, he's an adventurer. He's hes a new version of Han Solo, Indiana Jones. He's that type of ruggish guy. But he has, what makes him stand out is he has a great amount of humor to him. Not in the sense that he becomes a joke, but hes it's a great balance of rugged hero and uh, a little bit of goof, goofiness going on in there. Um, Brendan Fraser was cast due to the success of George of the Jungle. Stephen Summers also said that he felt he fit the Errol Flynn swashbuckling character he had visioned. Um, the actor understood that the character doesn't take himself too seriously. Otherwise, the audience can't really go on the journey with him. He nearly died during the hanging scene at the beginning. Rachel Weiss remembered that he stopped Jesus. breathing and he had to be resuscitated. Holy Le- cow. Leonardo DiCaprio was rumored to have been offered the role. It's believed that he huh. said he would have he loved the script and wanted to be a part of the film, but he had already agreed to be in the beach. So uh, he got stuck doing the beach, basically. Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Chris O'Donnell, Matthew McConaughey, all considered for the role. Uh, Cruise obviously later stars as the lead in the reboot Mummy, but the role went to the man of the time, Brendan Fraser. And yes, this as we've discussed, I think it, it's a perfect fit for uh, a role in a character at the same time so uh who made it last uh tanner did so yeah tanner your thoughts and your choice uh cory stated earlier this is like this was a tough one because like brennan fraser is is so key to this role and so specific yeah it is hard to find a replacement um but what I brought to the table is Army Hammer. I think Army Hammer has this like um, action sense to him, but at the same time, I think he's very comedic. I think we do get a lot of his comedy side. Um, what well, we've seen him in Lone uh, Ranger. Lone Ranger. I feel like that has a little bit of both in it, where it's mm-hmm. got his um, his comedy and his action stuff. Um, um, what else do we have? He's he not was, doing anything this year. This is a free year for him. Right. 
Yeah. Uh, he was in The Man from Uncle. Mm-hmm. That's right. But people probably um, most recently have seen him in Call Me By Your Name and The Social Network. Yeah, for sure. I I just don't. Call Me By Your Name is not a movie I thought of right. for this role. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so I was looking at other roles. It's for just that. showing his range a bit there. You're right. So he's got he's definitely got a lot of range, but I think he's very good on both sides of what we need for this role, which mm-hmm. is comedy and action. He right. needs to be this like mm-hmm. over the top character, which I think we've seen Army Hammer play. Yeah, uh, I didn't consider him. He's apparently a cannibal yeah. now. But uh, yeah, I was about to say, y'all realize in the last year he's had to drop out of everything he's done yeah. because of his wife oh. coming out and saying he's just a terrible human being mm-hmm. i totally didn't even remember that it was it was a big deal <laughs> kind of a big deal. yeah i totally forgot about that he's apparently done some weird stuff yeah mm. is your hand still on the chest piece <laughs> do you want to push that forward knowing what you <laughs> yeah that's rough that's difficult uh can i call an audible <laughs> I will pretend you have a pinky on that pawn and let you potentially Uh, change pieces. Okie dokie. Then, I think Easy Money, because I don't really care for this movie. Um, I haven't seen it, but I whatever about it. John Krasinski. Okay. John Krasinski. I think, again, same thing. We've seen him for years, like, in yeah. The Office as a comedian. Mm-hmm. He's a great comedian. And then the last few years, he's really picked up mm-hmm. as this um, action-y guy with uh, uh, Jack Reacher. Yeah, yeah. Um, that Jack, he's been Ryan. Doing Jack recently. Ryan. Jack, Jack Ryan. Ryan. Thank yeah. you, Jack Ryan, um, that he's been doing recently. Mm-hmm. And so I think, again, I think he hits both of those. And I think he's, uh, I think he's got that range. He's doing... Um, uh, a Quiet Place Part Two this year. No, that came out this year. Well, see that this is the movie that I had on my. This is the movie I had on my tag because it says 2020. Yeah, but, it didn't but get then released I know it was. Year. But yeah. it didn't get released. Right. So yeah. technically, like, he's doing it, but not yeah. doing it. So have yeah. at it what you will. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. Okay. Okay. John Krasinski. Gotcha. Corey, who's who's your Rick Connell? I'm debating whether or not I want to put up a fight that Tanner shouldn't be allowed to do what he did. Because you had John Krasinski? No. It's because John... Oh, I like, right. No, it's because I really like John Krasinski, but I want you to have to play Army Hammer so that I can play The Rock. I don't want So that. Nick has to cheese. <laughs> this is just all sorts of just rude all around. That's rough. That first would off, be so rough. First off, if he picks Army Hammer... We started this show. No, you're a terrible arguing. person if you pick Army Hammer. <laughs> and I want vengeance for The Rock. Oh, my God. So here's who I'll give you. I immediately, I, I wrote down Matthew McConaughey originally, but he's too old for Emma Watson. That was mine. And even yeah. with Amelia yeah. Clark, I still think it's a little. Because she's. It's Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. He can yeah. play younger. I honestly mm-hmm. think he would have been brilliant in it originally, too. Yeah. yeah. But. I really, really like John Krasinski, but I'll just give you a choice. Um, I, I put Adam Driver. Huh. Oh. Hmm. Huh. Okay. We've seen his over the topness in. Uh, Star Wars. He's the only actor I could think of that could do 
play the kind of have that Errol Flynn leading man thing, but also you're kind of like he's simultaneously kind of a geek and kind yeah. of that. But at the same time, I didn't think it got John Krasinski either. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Adam Driver, I did not think of, and he, and, and it's not a bad choice at yeah, all. It's, 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 a, it's a very interesting choice. Yeah. Because he's this weird, he's, he's, he's like not atypical handsome, but he, there's something about him. Yeah. That people love. Him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I think with the whole Kylo Ren thing, like added to that as well, like he got fangirled out of control too as well. So you're getting that yeah. you're getting, you're getting a following definitely. And this is the thing he, he runs to after uh, that movie that happened a year ago previously. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. I so think that's a, true of all three guys though. I I think Brendan Fraser's not right. Typically that's, handsome. I think it comes yeah. out in a lot of his personality. And I think right. the same with yeah. John Krasinski where it's, he's got a massive nose now I get that there's a flaw there. It's his personality that I think right, that I, I think through. George George of the Jungle and Mummy is where I think people suddenly went, Oh wait, Brendan Fraser's kinda hot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure in George like of he, the Jungle. He, the long yeah, hair got, where the long hair and the and then and then just being ripped. Yeah, everybody with body. I know several lady friends of ours that are just like anytime you bring that movie up, they go, Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly gets quiet. We watched the yeah. movie, it was quiet. <laughs> <laughs> when he Dead, first showed silent. up yeah um but adam driver same thing when he went shirtless in last jedi it it was a topical discussion as well uh, dude, broke the internet have y'all seen him recently no no dude he is ripped ripped for the adam last driver duel? no like it's for some other movie that's not the gucci movie that just they just released mm-hmm. trailer for the dude is just massively like oh, it's impressive okay. yeah so, really interesting yeah. Yeah, because because the thing about Rick O'Connell is that he he has the Han Solo kind of Indiana Jones vibes about him, but he he's a bit of a goofball. He's a little uh, off kilter, yeah. maybe. Uh, yeah, and so that's what I think that's the magic of Brendan Fraser is like he is leading man looks and stuff, but he's got a soul to him, and he's got like he's not afraid to make fun of himself to an extent. And it, yeah, here's also the beauty of Brendan Fraser in this role, and I think this is what I tapped into. Because even though, like, if this movie was made now, it would be Dwayne Johnson. But the problem with Dwayne Johnson in any of these roles is that you never expect him to lose. Brendan Fraser played a great hero, but you're like, he could lose. Yeah. He's not Superman. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's what I think one of the the, the great, um, (laughs) I think that's one of the great things about Brendan Fraser as a hero character. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. There was some mortality to him. Yeah. In the sense that's a good of his word roles. for it. Yeah. 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 So the thing is, I also thought of John Krasinski. It's really good. Hell yeah. It's, it's I was really and good. and I'm really glad that you said it. After yeah. I, I pulled my uh override. Override. I was gambling a bit. I was like, I hope one of them says it, but I'm hoping that they'll also come up with, you had good choice. All of you had great, you had great choices. The three choices were good. Just one of them's a yeah. cannibal uh, and terrible person, apparently. So I'm going to read more into that. I don't, yeah. I don't know anything about it. You should get on Twitter more Tanner. Um, no, our fans want to talk to you. Fucking um, never. But 
Yeah, I, I, when I thought when I finally thought of it today, I, and I have to give a shout out to one of my one of my uh, coworkers, uh, Pedro. He, we were, I was bouncing off of him a little bit, being like, you know, I'm I, I'm thinking this guy, but it's not really that. And he was like, what about John Krasinski? And I was like, that's actually kind of perfect. Yeah, because um, it's kind of the same thing. He's he's got leading man looks, but there's a there's a goofiness to him that we and we saw that kind of brought out in uh the office kind of like brendan frazier had the comedy early on in his career mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of the same track to a degree and now he's kind of finally becoming he's gotten a little older and he's he's grizzled up a little bit and everybody goes oh oh it's john krasinski excuse me sir <laughs> sir oh oh yeah so yeah that i think <laughs> yeah I, I think that's where i'm gonna go with it so I'm looking forward okay. to seeing Ripped Adam yeah. Driver, though. That'll be interesting. But yeah, that's that's who I'm going John with. John Krasinski. John Hell Krasinski. Yeah. And I think he'll play off of Amelia Clark well. I think that's also a huge factor. Like I said, I think these movies live or die off of their chemistry. Because it's really the first yeah. movies I love is mostly a, is horror, it's adventure, but the romance part is the third pillar of that. Um, a lot, and, there, and maybe romantic comedy as well, but to an extent. But uh, but yeah, I think that those two will play off each other really well. They're both coming from established franchises in uh, from TV, so this is a real chance mm-hmm. to for them to kind of take off and again because both of them kind of have a try to do movies and they and it's been uh kind of hit or miss a lot with them. So so yeah, I I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Okay, so let's do the rundown. The final cast of The Mummy in 2020, Anaksu Namun, and please help me say some of these names again. I'm, mm-hmm. We all know I'm the worst at it. Uh, Nazanin Bayadi. Was that correct? Did I say it right? Yes, I believe okay. so. As yes, far as you. I know, yeah, that's... Got it. Of How I Met Your Mother fame, Nazin Bayadi for Anaksu Namun. For Artist Bay, we have Corey's friend from Turkey. Please say his name, Corey. Mateen Agdulger. Mateen Agdulger. That's a, that's a nice name. It's a good name. It's a good name. For Benny Gabor, we have Dane DeHaan. Yes. For Jonathan Carnahan, we have uh, Taryn Egerton, kind of doing a little different type of role, which is right in line with his ability to kind of shapeshift. For Emotep, the mummy himself, we have... Tanner say his name for Emotep. Yes, uh, Amir Waqid. Amir Waqid, uh, getting a chance to play an iconic uh, horror villain of history. For is it Evelyn or is it Evelyn? Evelyn. Evelyn. For Evelyn Carnahan and future Mrs. Rick O'Connell, the librarian herself will go with the Queen of Dragons, Amelia Clark, <laughs> and finally. Uh, the the second part of this uh, two-headed uh, power couple is Rick O'Connell being played by the office's own and Miss Mr. Emily Blunt, John Krasinski. Nice. Mr. Blunt. I dig it. I dig it. You know? Yeah, I think that it's works. It's a fun movie. I think, I think that would... I'd watch it streaming in 2020. <laughs> Would you brave the theater for this movie? That's a that's a smart question to ask nowadays. Yeah, for th- for this year specifically. Yeah, for this would year you brave specifically. The theater? 
just do you, do you wait for hope for that simulcast or what? I still haven't braved the theater, so I can't say that I would. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. I might watch it like eight years from now. <laughs> but to like, be fair, Corey, like maybe <laughs> it doesn't sound like you were a fan of the first one as much. I mean, no, I, I think it holds up. Okay, right. I think that's true. I think it's definitely true. So, so I think I think the internet has told us that so much since they brought it up so much. And I think, yeah, yeah. And Brendan Fraser lives on, as always, as as he is one to do. As he is one to do. So that's it. That's the Mummy 2020. Corey, I return my powers back to you. Yeah. So Mummy 2020, I tried to make it good. Um, I apologize for <laughs> Tanner existing. Um, I'm sorry. So that I tried. Um, I'll never try again. Again. You can visit us on social media. Um, we get really interactive over on Instagram. Uh, also, Apple. You need to give us reviews on Apple because that bumps us up the uh, the old uh, charts there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apple mm-hmm. has charts. So again, and you can go write anything. You can go put a period, hit click, and that counts in our favor. Um, also, just please. tell your friends. That yeah, helps yeah. too. Tell your friends. We love it when you tell your friends. And so... Um, Tanner, as much as I hate that it's your turn next, and but it's your turn next episode to pick a movie. Oh no, he's he's got a grin about and him. I am going to just wreck whatever movie he picks. <laughs> okay, so I've here's the thing about it. I have one movie that I've never seen, but it is on my watch list, and I feel like this is gonna make me watch it. Okay. That I want to do. Don't use this podcast to make you do your chores. <laughs> make us do your chores. Okay, if that's the case, then I've got another one. Oh, oh no! You are you going to let us one. choose? Are you going to let us choose? If you, I mean, yeah, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> so, because that's my thing is, I've got one that I have never seen, so I will bring it to a time period having no idea of like why I'm bringing it to that time period because mm-hmm. I have no. Okay. No idea of the movie. Okay. Uh, and then the other one is Beetlejuice. Do you like Beetlejuice? Do you love it? Uh, I don't like Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. Huh. So that was the other one. It was like a movie Just... I'd never seen, and I but I liked Corey's I don't like this movie, and I thought that was a very fun episode. I'm more like, let's do the experiment. Let's what movie have you not seen? Okay. It, here we go. All right. Movie that I haven't seen that I've been told over and over again I need to watch is The Craft. The new one or the original? 1996, The Craft. Oh, yeah. I vote, I didn't, I vote I, The Craft. Yeah. With Robin Tunney, Faruza Ball, mm-hmm. Nev Campbell. I've never... Where do I didn't you, even know there where was Where do you want to take it? I want to take it to 1990. Oh, no, no. It, it is 1990. I, like, I, I, like, uh... I want to take it to 2003. And yeah. where'd you want to take Beetlejuice? That's my vote. <laughs> Beetlejuice would have been around the same time. Okay, so just I one or yeah, the other for 2003. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go craft 2003 as well. Yeah. All right. We're going to do an experiment. We're going to take a movie I've never seen, The Craft, from 1996, and move it to 2003. All right. Well, that was The Mummy. As done in 2020, because 2020 needed some needed some love, needed a movie. 
um, that people get excited about, even though theoretically it would have been pushed back to 2021 and we would just now be watching it um, if this was the case. So we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you learned about some new actors. We hope um, we hope this made you rewatch The Mummy because it really does hold up. Um, yeah, it does. Should. It's great. Uh, yeah, so give it. A, it is on HBO Max. Give it a watch. Um, if you're like Nick and Brave, watch the sequels. Get get down and dirty with the mummy. Get in it. Say goodbye, Nick. Goodbye, Nick. <laughs>